Welcome everybody to session number two of the Candlekeep actual play through of the Candlekeep mysteries. Today we are going to be diving into the second mystery in the book. This is Melstroth's Mighty Digressions. Uh, and we have some new cast members in this episode from what we had last time. So you will we will introduce them uh, through the gameplay as we begin. But like always, we're going to attempt to go ahead and run through the book uh, as close to uh, as close to how it was written uh, as possible. So I know I, uh, just like last time, I am super excited for this. I think this is going to be a really great time. Uh, I know uh, the, the players have been saying how excited they are. Uh, so let us begin. Uh, one thing that I am doing differently from this time around than what I did last time uh, is I do actually have a map pack that I am using. Uh, and anybody that's familiar with this story, Story, there's a lot more map reliance this time around than there was the first time around. Um, although we did use a map last time, and I think that it was very handy. Uh, but just understand uh, for those of us, for those uh, folks listening to the episode, um, that we're going to do our best to go ahead and uh, run through explanations of what everybody is seeing. Um, but I will make sure and put a link to the map pack that we're using in the show notes, uh, so that uh, if need be, you can go ahead and uh, download that, so you can get the full grasp of uh, what it is that we're looking at. Let us begin. All the players that were in the last game, I'm going to ask you all to go ahead and introduce yourselves first. And I have put up an image of the tavern within the walled portion of Candlekeep itself. You find yourselves uh, all sitting around uh, a table at the backside of the bar. And it is raining torrentially right now. It is absolutely cats and dogs in, in the Candlekeep area right now. In fact, there are people all around that are commenting about how hard it is raiding. And in more specific, the avowed who first introduced you guys into Candlekeep, who uh, who first came to you and um, uh, took your books when you entered Candlekeep and met your carriage when you arrived, he is uh, sitting in the tavern. Uh, he is sitting on one of the bar stools uh, at the far end. Uh, and he, every so often, will pull his left hand out of his cloak and it will glow with a, a green uh, kind of tint to it and he will mumble under his breath uh, about the carriage that day being late. So first off, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and ask our players from last time to introduce their characters. I will go around and uh, ask you to in, uh, introduce yourselves. Uh, so Simeon, let us start with you today. Hi, I am Simeon Peleus Wintermere. I hail from the Miralan Valley of Cormier, and I am here in Candlekeep to study investigation, as my new position amongst the City Watch does call for it. Fabulous. Daz, would you introduce yourself, please? I am Illidaz Zanderfeld, a paladin of Torm, more specifically the Order of the Golden Lion from the Vast, I'm here to locate a book on the light of Torm and the teachings of Torm. Fabulous, thank you. Kess, would you introduce yourself, please? Hi, I'm Kess, and Kess has a knife, a jeweled um, paper knife specifically, uh, balanced on her palm, on her right palm. And she's watching that, but watching everyone else out of the corner of her eyes and doing tricks with the knife. 
I was raised as a monk. I'm here to learn. Fabulous. And Sprocket, please. Hi, my name is Flubblaxium, Tenderflux, Sprocketophilus, Crimpernip, Wink Don't, Singe Whiskers, Makel First. Most people just call me Sprocket, Singe Whiskers. I'm a gnome, artificer. I love learning. I'm all about knowledge and all of its forms. And I came to Candlekeep, well, honestly, I think the scholar cloister that I was staying with before was trying to get rid of me when they sent me on the quest with this book to Candlekeep. But um, that's okay, because Candlekeep is even bigger, and now my goal is to become a, a sage. I want to be a member of Candlekeep. This is like the greatest center of learning in the world. Excellent. Thank you very much. And you find yourselves all sitting around a table. Uh, you find uh, food is ample, drink is ample, uh, and the fire is nice and warm where you are. So we're going to turn now to our new companions, who find themselves on a carriage. The carriage, it is, as it is in the Candlekeep, it is raining torrentially, and you get the feeling that the carriage driver himself is somewhat frustrated by this, and that you keep hearing him mutter about how uh, the speed uh, is just not what it, what it should be, and that there, you should be making better time, and, and that, uh, uh, that we're, we're going to be late. He keeps, he keeps mentioning uh, the name Arlington, as Arlington is going to be angry, we're going to be late. So I'm going to invite you, please, to uh, introduce yourselves. Inon, why don't we start with you? Please give yourself... Uh, an introduction, uh, including in particular for you, please, your appearance. I am Anon. I hail from the Southwest. I am a turtle over six feet. I am middle-aged, 35, 36 years. I'm a mottled brown with green eyes, a smooth shell with some scarring. I've traveled along the roads, by boat, by ship, to see the world in all its glory and wonder. Excellent. Fabulous. Thank you very much. And Alarai, would you please introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Alarai. Um, I'm a quiet, I would say little, but I believe that this carriage is rather crammed at the moment, um, as I am a over six foot furbolg. <laughs> I have... Sun, sun kissed, if you will, but I basically have yourself a farmer's tan, very dark skinned and very vibrant purple hair with blue eyes. I'm very dusty. I'm very trail ridden, if you will. I, 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 I'm, I've been on the road for a while. I'm, I'm from a ways away, about a week for me, that's a ways. I've never left home until fairly in the last year recently. That's recent, right? Um, but yeah, hi, I'm me. Fabulous. In the carriage with you is a 25, 28-year-old looking half-elf uh, who is uh, exceptionally cramped in the carriage with the two large occupants uh, taking up the bulk of the space. Yes, 
Hello, my name is Eamon Crow. Uh, I am a, a wizard of, of some renown. I am I am surprised that you have not met me before. Uh, you have not you have not heard of me before. Uh, but I am coming to Candlekeep to continue my studies uh, in the arts of fire and, and and movement and fiery movement and movementy fire and all the things that we wish to go ahead and see. And you are you are both very very large individuals. Uh, if you will excuse me, uh, 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 it is. Uh, I hope I am not taking up uh, too much room for you. Oh, I'm. I'm sorry. And and you see, Alarite kind of shrink a little bit further. If a furball could get smaller, she's trying. <laughs> the carriage continues on, and it it day turns into night, and well into the evening, finally you find the carriage pulling up in front of the large gatehouse, uh, which is at the front of the compound which encircles the Candlekeep Library. The carriage driver calls into the into the keep. Those of you in the tavern see the avowed that you met before uh, stand up uh, and mutter under his breath, finally, uh, as he stomps out of the tavern. A few moments later, he walks in with the three individuals that you just met. Uh, the large tortle, the tall furbolg, and the short and somewhat odd half-elf. And they begin talking uh, around a table, much a conversation much like you remember from when you first arrived. Uh, and he goes around and asks them the name of the book uh, that they are donating to the library. Um, and so, Alarai, since I started with Enon last time, would you please describe for me the book that you are giving to Candlekeep as payment for your entrance? So Alarai pulls out of her side satchel a very dirty very worn paperback style large book it, i mean there's literally dirt coming off of it it looks like a notebook that somebody has kept but more recently written like with ink across the front it says plowing practices a treatise on rocky and sandy soils um <laughs> and she kind of she you know hands it over kind of sheepishly Arlington dusts the cover off. This will make a fine addition. This is we this is not I can guarantee that we do not have any other books in our library quite like this one. And she looks rather relieved but sits quietly. And uh you my my turtle friend uh, uh please which book are you bringing to us uh this day to pay for your entrance? I've brought you a book of poems titled under the Watchful Eye, a total book of poems. It is in Aquarin. Hopefully your scholars can. Oh, I am, I am sure that we will have scholars that can aid in the translation. This is a fine addition. Uh, while we do a great amount of research uh, and study, uh, poetry is one of the, one of the arts that many of us care for greatly. Your donation is gladly accepted. Then Arlington turns to the half-elf. All right. Uh, and you, Eamon, what do you have this day? And Eamon nervously begins fumbling through 
his satchel. Uh, and at this point, please, I would like a perception check from everybody in the tavern. Uh, that's an eight. Fabulous. Me too. 23 for cast. <laughs> Fabulous. A little bit more observant than us. I was going to say, well, you know, I mean, yeah. yeah. You're, you're busy lounging on the sofa there in the corner, Daz. So that's a... Yeah. Alari has a whopping three. Drop. Excellent. Yep. 24 based on a natural 20 for... A natural Simeon. 20. Fabulous. Excellent. Um, and, and an on your roll? 16 total. Fabulous. Okay. Daz and Sprocket and Alari, um, you are clearly distracted by something else. Everybody else in the party and particularly, uh, so everybody else in the party notices that Eamon is definitely having difficulty getting the book out of his satchel. Simeon in particular, uh, and perhaps this is your, your skills in investigation lately, or perhaps even the experience with books that you had last time. Ah. <laughs> It is clear that that the reason why Eamon is having so much difficulty with the book in the satchel is because the book is resisting being taken out. The book is is uh, is is moving, is animated in some in some way. And at this point, please, uh, I need you all to roll initiative. What you all see as our rounds begin is Eamon pulls. Uh, a book out of his satchel, and it is clear that the book is not only animated, uh, but alive, and lashes out at Eamon, taking a large chunk out of his left shoulder, and Eamon crumples over the table, clearly in distress. The avowed, sitting at the head of the table, so he fires a, uh, a okay, flame bolt at the book, um, but the book dodges, and the flame bolt uh, hits the wall right by the fireplace uh, behind Daz and Cass. Uh, Kess, the initiative is yours. You tell me where you want to move, and I will move you, um, and then uh, you can roll your attack. So Kess is going to launch herself through the air, a standing jump as far as she can get toward the book, meanwhile pulling out her three-section staff, which she is spinning, and she's going to try to hook it around the book and immobilize the book. So this is like wrapping the three-section staff around the yep. book if possible. Basically a grapple check, sure. Yep. Yeah, so that would be a 10 to hit. Mm -hmm. You will miss. All right, can, can she follow up with a kick? You can. All right. So she's going to do a crescent kick and, again, try to immobilize the book on the table, bringing her leg, leg up and over. And that would be a 22 to hit? That will hit. Roll your damage. Okay. That would be uh, 8 Next in order here would be Simeon. I am going to move uh, directly to the square, to the square uh, south of uh, uh, of Kess, and I am going to attack with my scimitars. Wielding my scimitars, I'm going to swing downward at the book and uh, slash sideways at the book, hoping to pincer the, the uh, demon chronicle in between my blades. Is not going to get it. It's going to be an eight. An eight will not hit. And my second attack, a ten. A ten will not hit. Uh, These confounded books! <laughs> Sprocket, your initiative, please. Sprocket, now that there is a book in danger. <laughs> full focus. And he slips between everybody quickly, pulling his belt off as he goes, saying, Don't hurt the book! Those are swords, you moron! And he tries to tackle it. 
and grapple okay. himself. All right. So uh, an attack roll against the book, please. 19. 19 will hit. Now I suppose I need strength to grapple it. Once you are able to reach it, you're able to, to grapple it fairly successfully. So. Well, then I wrap my belt around it and secure it shut. Whew. Sorry, Simeon. I didn't mean As to call a, you a moron. I get a little excited. It is the book's turn after having initiative against uh, Eamon the first time around. And when you wrap your belt around it, the form of the book changes to a dagger uh, and slips out of the belt uh, and attacks you. So this dagger now flies through the air, uh, and it clearly tried to stab at Sprocket. But having now slipped the bonds of uh, of the belt, um, the dagger changes back into a book. After Sprocket is Alarai. Uh, seeing how this is played out, um, she's going to jump up out of her off that bench. I guess she's sitting on, yep. and run over and try to just land on it. Okay, like pit it down with her feet and her all of her weight. Fabulous. Uh, uh, an attack roll, please. That's a 12. A 12 will hit it. So you are now standing on the book. Um, and it is, uh, it's it's trying to gnash its teeth and snap its jaws, but uh, you are you are pressing it down uh, fairly successfully. Daz, would you go next, please? So uh, I think uh, Ildaz has the, the brief thought. He has his hand on his mace and sees Sprocket's concern and goes, no, Sprocket would never allow me to hit this book. <laughs> um, I think if uh, Alarai will allow, uh, we'll do like a, almost like a switcheroo where I'll take my shield off my back and put the shield down like almost over the book and then we can all like st- hold our feet on the shield so that it can't get out from under it, basically. Okay. If you think that'll work. Okay. So, uh, Iladaz, I will put you uh, where uh, Alarai is. Um, would you give me, please, a dexterity check to see if you can execute this maneuver? Okay. <laughs> when Alarai said, do I think it's possible, um, I didn't know I'd be making a dexterity check. Okay. Um, that's only a seven. Only a seven. <laughs> oh, no. I was going to say, does Alarai yeah. need to do a dex check as well uh, since she's standing on it? Could she uh, help me? You know what? Uh, absolutely. Alarai, why don't you also roll your dexterity check? I have an 11. Okay. Uh, so the the book in question also made a dexterity check to see if he could slip the bonds of Alarai's foot as the exchange was happening. Uh, and uh, I rolled a 14, which defeats both of your rolls. So the book is now free... Once again. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> nope, no worries. And oh, no. Um, it, your your attack, sir. So if that if that oh. didn't use my action. Oh, no, uh, that, no, that, that exactly. No, that that we can say that that was like a that would have been like a like a not your action action. You can still attack if now that you've noticed that the book is free. Uh, that's basically your movement. Um, you can make an attack. Okay. You know, I'm as much as I am interested in trapping this book. I am also concerned that uh, this half elf here is probably. Uh, really injured from having their shoulder bitten. Mm-hmm. So I He's will... quite injured, yes. I will cast uh, Cure Wounds on them. Okay. And how much will he get back? Uh, that is 12. Wow, okay. Yeah, um, his uh, the gaping wound in his shoulder that surely would have been fatal heals over. Um, 
he still looks a little worse for wear. Like, I mean, he lost a lot of blood, so uh, he he's uh, but he definitely the the wound is healed and he seems to be regaining uh, some of his color. Okay, um, Anon, uh, it is your turn. Am I able to see the book? Yes, because both Sprocket and Eamon are short, so you can certainly see over both of them. Uh, and the book is very much kind of in the middle of the party there. I would like to attempt to cast uh, Frostbite. Okay. Um, so roll your, uh, if you're rolling it as an offensive spell, there should be an attack modifier on your spell list. Uh, it'd be like a plus whatever, so you'd roll your d20. and 19 plus 5. A 19 plus 5 will hit it. So roll your damage, please. 5. Okay. Uh, this, bolt, this bolt of ice uh, shoots at the book uh, and hits it. Fabulous. We are back at the beginning of initiative. Cass, your attack, please. Is there any impact on the book from being frozen? Uh, I don't believe Frost... So is just a cantrip, right? Yep. So it doesn't does not actually freeze the book. I mean, it, it kind of looks like it was hit by a by a snowball, but it doesn't. It's not like frozen or anything like that. It's yeah, still, so it's not immobilized in any way. Correct. It's still no. It should just have disadvantage on the next attack. I'm gonna look at the book sideways with my head sideways to try to assess its ability to engage with me. And I'm going to um, swing two sections of my three-section staff. I don't seem at all interested in Sprocket's idea that this book needs to be preserved. And attempt again to bludgeon the book and also immobilize it by wrapping the three-section staff okay. around it. Fabulous. That would be um, uh, 23 to hit. That will hit. So roll first your damage. That would be seven. Uh, and would you also please, uh, so again, give me a dexterity check to see if you can, uh, in the course of your attack, uh, immobilize the book, but this will take the, uh, take the place of your bonus attack. So, okay. So this is, um, 19. You are able to pin the book with both ends of your staff. All right. So it is immobilized within the bounds of your three, your three, uh, your, 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 your three section staff. Um, Simeon, it is your attack. Um, and while it is currently grappled uh, by Kess, um, you can certainly, there's still plenty of book to attack. Kess is would piping I, up. Book down! Uh, would I have advantage seeing as how it's uh, pinned? Yes. 22 with it my first hit. strike. Fabulous. You may not be just a book. And so I will hit you as though you were not just a book. And damage on the first attack is eight. Second attack is going to be a 21. Mm -hmm. Also hit. That's going to be five. Okay. Uh, Now would be a good time to stand down. Yep. The book turn is next. uh, And it will again perform its, uh, its... fun shape change action uh and yeah it will again uh turn into a dagger uh and fall through the bounds of the uh of the three section staff actually um uh Kess, would you give me i'm gonna give me an opposed dexterity roll to see if you can contain it please 22 okay i actually rolled a natural 20 so uh the dagger will slip through the bonds uh and the dagger as it begins to fall again shoots through the air uh and hits Eamon again and it hits four lots of damage it buries itself hilt deep into Eamon's chest and Eamon falls and uh, the dagger turns back into book format Kess hollers to Sprocket 
It's not just a book. Uh, Sprocket, it is your turn. <laughs> just because it's magic doesn't mean it's still not a book. He got it in his bag somehow. And Sprocket cast Mend on it because he's sure he lo- it's looking tattered by now. <laughs> okay. Cast mend, on, cast mend on the book. So which one are you doing? Are you doing the, the foam or are you doing just the normal spell? The foam is how I cast the spell. Got it. Okay. But it's it's basically just the... It's not two things, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just the effect of how I cool. cast it. All right. Um, so Sprocket... Uh, sprays foam all over uh all over the book um and the book like shakes it off like what are you spraying on me you you strange little person um and uh as far as you can tell no change really in the damage to the book okay you also don't normally see books that bruise and bleed so that's a little strange too okay maybe it's not a book you can kill it uh alarai it is your attack please um i think i'm going to start off by just grabbing amen yep and pulling him out of the way because yep it seems to have a thing for him yep let's uh let's move you over here then out of the range of things so um and amen is uh absolutely unconscious oh he just rolled a natural one on his death save like I promised, like um, she's going to call That's out. Can anybody do anything about this? I can't do a thing, yeah. and run back at the book and try and stab it straight down into that wood floor. Dragging Aemon uh, away okay. from the combat would have taken your movement. So unless you've got That's something fine. ranged at this point, yep. Well, I haven't pulled out a weapon yet, so I'll pull out my bow. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and pulling out your bow, um, yeah, because you can do you can pull out your bow as a as a free action, so. You can, that would allow you to take a shot. I got a 15, one five. Okay, that, that will hit. Uh, and that's nine damage. Fabulous. Uh, so uh, please tell me how you kill the book. Um, you fire your arrow, <laughs> it hits the book. Describe what happens. Um, after looking down at Eamon and calling out if anybody can help him, I pull the bow out and knock an arrow and aim carefully and just pin it straight to the ground at Sprocket's feet. Fabulous. Uh, fabulous. So, Sprocket, there is a, a battered, bloody, and bruised book pinned to the floor at your feet. I nudge it with my hammer. Uh, it just does, to make sure I, it's dead. Poke it with yeah, a stick, it, you know? It just sort of, ru- <laughs> it just sort of rustles, uh, but does not, uh, does not respond. But it stays in book form? Uh, it does stay in book form. Fascinating. Um, definitely, I want to grab as a sprocket said he got it in his bag somehow i think while um alari was taking him out of the fight i snatched the bag and in even though it's dead i have no idea if it's going to stay dead i stuff it in the bag in the hopes that it, the bag has some quality cool. that will keep it um yeah. contained so as you uh, as you move it um it sort of uh, begins to uh, melt, sort of, um, and it, so it's you don't have to pull the arrow out. You can just kind of it starts to turn into like a jello consistency, maybe like ectoplasm, um, and just begins kind of. So you kind of scoop it into the bag. <laughs> no, I have book you know, juice like, all over my hands. <laughs> exactly, like you know, so, um, and it's it's like this green ichorous 
material on your on your hands but otherwise you kind of it's like putting it's like putting uh, like miracle whip into like a into a ziploc bag though it's kind of like it's you know it just doesn't really want to go it's just kind of like leaving a trail uh, i'm trying my best brooket behind it master uh, paladin i don't believe that's a book not anymore <laughs> Kess hands you a cloth and says, man, wipe, wipe that off. You don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I definitely begin wiping my hands of whatever yeah. that was. Yeah. It, it, it wipes off easily enough, um, but it, it, it sort of it sort of tingles <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and as, um, as you're kind of wiping off your hands, um, you see the wound in Eamon's chest um, is is kind of coated in that same material, uh, and the the wound is is getting is getting larger. And having seen uh, and healed people who had taken damage before, uh, it's pretty clear at this point that that Amen is expired. Oh. I actually was going to take some tea leaves and just try to hold it to the wound to see if I could help him in some fashion using my medicine skill. Fabulous. Um, he is now dead and covered in tea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys did all of that because I was yep. going to say that Alari had her hands on the wound trying to do pressure the whole yep. nine. Yep. You now yep. have Iker and tea on your hands. No, no, I'm, I'm, right? I'm and- <laughs> yeah. No, it is. Uh, it is. It is pretty clear at this point um, that the wound that that Eamon took was exceptionally grievous, and whatever this material was did not help. Another uh, man brought low. <laughs> if Alari's hands are on the wound and this stuff is on them, I mean, is there any burning? What's this, is there any sensation from sort this? Sort of tingly, yeah. Okay. Just is handing you another cloth really quickly. Yeah. As you guys are kind of there collecting yourselves, the, the avowed steps over, uh, shaking his head. This is the third time this month. I thought I, uh, it was unusual. Very unusual. We do not have books attacking newly arrived uh, uh, members often. Well, since I didn't report the one that attacked me, see the wound, uh, <laughs> the la- uh, a few days ago, uh, it's important to note that that would make it f- four times in the last few months. That well, said, did the book that attacked you turn into a big pile of green goo when you killed it? No, but there was a whole flock of them. There were not many. I think there they, they kind of were, I think with books it would be like crows and you would call it a murder, a murder of books. Yes. At least it tried to murder us. Yeah. I dig it. Well, you know, uh, we a need series. We we a need series to get- of books attacked us. Look, we we need to get to oh, the God, bottom. That was sad. It, it's 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 fairly clear that look, some of you have already worked together, uh, but it's even clear that you know you guys function fairly well as a party. Uh, could we we have a budget for such things to uh, hire people? Uh, could we make a deal uh, and and everyone here is super busy uh, and really important? Okay, so. Could we hire you all to help us investigate this? A budget, you say? Yes. Alarai's ears literally perk up. I would absolutely be interested in assisting. Not so much because of the budget, but because if the issue is books attacking innocent people, 
Simeon Pelaez Wintermere is on the case. <laughs> I definitely uh, turn to Cass and I kind of say, like, I don't like that they're insinuating that we're available and unimportant because just because they're busy and important. Cass gives you a half smile <laughs> of agreement. Look, if that's your infer- if that's your inference, but you're I- offering us money, so <laughs> <laughs> well, so Candlekeep also has a long-standing policy of not offering money. However, we do have many magical items in our storehouses that we would be happy to give you in exchange if you can solve this. Uh, I'm down, says Cast. I said I was in, and now I can confirm that I'm in. If it will help stop attacks like this one, then I'm definitely in. Fabulous. I'd like to as well. Um, How then can we can we be of assistance to aid you in your investigation? What resources can we provide you? Sprocket, who is over by the fallen half-elf, scraping bits of the residue into a vial, looks up after mumbling, huh, well, it's a shame, friend, but if you had to go, <laughs> being killed by a book's not so bad. And then he turns back to the avowed and says, I don't need money or magic items. The price of my service is simple. The same as I asked of Matrius. I need you to first promise not to die while we're gone. And then I need sponsorship to join Candlekeep. I would love to become a member of the Sages and be part of this great university. Um, and I'll earn my way. I'm just asking for sponsorship. I spoke to you about this when I came in. So if you can agree to that, I'll help you out with anything you need. Uh, I would imagine that look, free and nothing in exchange is certainly within our budget. Uh, I think that these things could be arranged. I we need be- to study more before we can make you a full member, but we can at least uh, at least put your name on the list of folks that are that are being uh, strongly considered. Uh, that's the best I can promise right now. Well, I'm afraid, unfortunately, because my mother did not raise a fool. I mean, I may be small but that doesn't mean everything goes over my head. You're asking me to risk my life. I need a little bit more than a maybe. All right. How about we put your name at the top of the list of the maybes? How, if, if I may, <sighs> allow me to uh, negotiate for you. How about you put him at the top of the list of maybes for beginning the quest, and upon successful completion, you put him in the middle of the list of the yeses. All right. Top of the list of maybes to start bottom of the list of yeses if he makes it back. I must confer with my client. Sprocket? Sprocket beams at you. We're good, but you'll have to throw in a good purchase of some teas from my auntie's uh, uh, wares uh, each season. I think I'm definitely going to have to peruse those magical items when we're done as well. Hey, hey, Sprocket, I have an idea. Hmm. Arlington? I think we need access to a lab so Sprocket can analyze this icker. And I'd like to talk with the people who were present when the books were received and misbehaved. Uh, certainly, we can. There are plenty of facilities that uh, that we could uh, set up our artificer friend uh, into help investigating the nature of uh, of the material there. Um, and uh, I can certainly put you in contact with with the uh, the the previous uh, uh, students who brought uh, books that did the same thing. It was It's quite disturbing. Excellent. This is the and first one to die? Yes, the other two are both alive. Um, 
I would also need a new pair of gloves. These, I'm afraid, will no longer do. And I strip my gloves, drop them on the floor. They will just no longer do. What's wrong with the gloves? They touch that stuff. I see. Um, Sprocket puts so- the gloves in his bag with the vial. <laughs> yep, fair enough. Um, sir, we'll, 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 there's, there's a leather store across the, uh, across the street. Uh, I'm sure that they can set you up with new gloves. Uh, just tell them that I sent you. They still charge you, but you can tell them that I sent you. <laughs> I was hoping to work that into the deal. I see. Maybe they'll give you a discount. Maybe they'll charge you more. It depends on how they're feeling. But. So who at this point... So Sprocket, you are uh, absolutely uh, given access to a laboratory to go study the Iker. Um, Cass, you said that you want to go speak with some of the uh, with the other members. Is anybody going with Sprocket to help him study, or is 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 anybody going with Kess, or neither? We can we can. There are three piles at this point. Um, I would certainly go to investigate uh, previous um, yep. uh, attackees. Okay, that goes. We'll put we'll put you in that pile. Alari isn't sure what is going on at this point. She keeps hearing about people coming and dying and getting injured, and, and I thought this was just a library. Uh, these things happen. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Why? It's a it's a dynamic it's a dynamic environment here at Candlekeep. I think I will just stay here for now, um, okay. unless somebody needs me. Yep, you are you are certainly welcome uh, to hang out here in the tavern. That's no problem. Um, Daz, uh, Sprocket, or Enon. Uh, what do you feel your characters would be most? Uh, well, Sprocket, that's right. You're going to go research in the laboratory. Um, so, uh, so Daz and Enon. Uh, I definitely you- feel as though Daz is definitely not intelligent enough to be of any use at the lab. That being said, Sprocket does have a habit of getting himself into trouble sometimes. So, I will go as more of a bodyguard position. Just in case there's something that goes wrong with this, uh, I call that he's uh, examining. Fabulous. Okay. Um, and oh. Enon? Sprocket also takes the bag of book goo. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Simeon actually says to uh, Alora, Madam, you might want to go with my uh, little friend here as he's an expert at studying things and where you came into physical contact with this stuff. Um, it may be good that you're with somebody who's learning about it in case there are after effects. As you wish. All right, so Daz, Sprocket, and Alari will go, uh, and Enon. It appears Master Crow paid a high price for forbidden knowledge. I would be more interested in learning more of what this book is. So, Kess, you were the one that was kind of up close and and personal. Uh, you Sprocket also. Um, the the name of the book. It was like a red leather bound book. Um, the name of the book was Masfroth's Mighty Digressions, and and that was before it sort of turned into uh, the pile of goo that Sprocket now has uh, in his possession. You know, this is not uh, it's not an unknown book. I mean, Masfroth is a name. Uh, you know he's not like an Elminster, but he's he's a mage of some renown. Like he's published books before, so it's not like totally out of the question that a, a book of uh, of this um, 
would have would have been brought as a gift um although it was almost surely uh purchased um it could have been from uh from mr crow's personal library but uh without really any knowledge of who he was or where he came from uh it's that's that's sort of tough to say um alori and enon uh in the carriage you do remember him saying that he was from baldur's gate um which is probably a three or four day trip south uh, from where uh, from where you all are now, you know. In terms of investigating the book, um, you know, again, this is a this. Is, there are many copies of this book. It's not the only one, um, and so that's uh, you know, this is not a, not a unique book in any way. But that's what you can. That's what you found out about the book. Perhaps following up with others that were attacked, we can learn more details about okay. what this creature is. Fabulous. So uh, I'm going to start then with uh, with Sprocket uh, and Daz and Alarai, um in the laboratory um, studying the the Iker. So give me uh, give me an investigation check, please, Sprocket. Roll it at advantage since there are multiple eyes on it, please. On the way over to this laboratory that uh, they've given us um, to figure out what he can use from his companions that are here that might be able to assist. He already knows that, you know, Illidaz is useful for the things that he does, but not really, you know, his head's not in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but he'd want to ask Alari, you know, nice to meet you. Sorry the circumstances were so dire, but since you're part of the investigation, do you have any skills or knowledge that could be useful? Alari blinks for a minute at how quickly that came out um, without a single breath and says, I don't know if I have any skills that would help I could farm, but I don't think that's going to help here. Okay, fair enough. You can hold my beakers. I can do that. So you said you wanted an investigation? Please, at advantage. I definitely turn to Alarai and she'd be like, he's always like this, don't worry. He's like this with everyone. <laughs> Good to know. And I, I will have handed him the the cloth that I had gotten from Tess, uh, covered in goo and tea leaves and blood. Perfect. More samples. So Sprocket lays out his alchemical alchemical gear and starts working on the various samples that he has. Um, And I got a dirty 20 for my investigation roll. Fabulous. Okay. Um, It is clear that the material that makes up the remains of uh, this book creature um, is... uh, it's not necessarily of this plane. Um, it is some sort of aberrant material. You know, it's not a study. Having studied creatures of the planes and things before, um, or having at least being aware of them, um, it's almost uh, it's almost like if you remember from when uh, you were. Uh, downstairs in the mansion last time around, the little frog-like creature um, that eventually turned into a centipede and when it got killed, it kind of exploded into that green uh, kind of gooey material. Um, mm-hmm. It's closest It's closest to that. Between the two frames of reference, uh, can I follow up with an arcana check to see if I can come up with anything else in the course of what i've learned or studied that might give me an indication of what plane of existence we're originating from if it's extra planar or an idea any other information about it yeah absolutely 14 uh the closest thing that you can connect this to would be 
something just totally alien. Think of like uh, like a mind flare or something like that. That's probably like the closest sort of that you can get um, based on on analyzing the uh, the material. Okay. Hmm. Fascinating. But it's distinctly alien. Like it is definitely not. Uh, you know, it's definitely not of of normal space. Okay. That's good. That investigation is going to take some time, so we're going to continue. We're going to switch over to the other side now. So no, absolutely. Uh, Just a little yeah. bit of uh, of after, as he finishes up with that, Sprocket will begin testing the residue and goo for other properties or uses. You know, whether or not it'll explode, flammability, yeah. the stuff that'll send his whiskers. Yep. Um, give me another um, Arcana check. Twenty four. Fabulous. Uh, you find that you think that you could make some sort of potion or concoction solve maybe from the leftover material um, to make you could make a vial of uh, of a material that would cure poisoning. Fantastic. With that discovery, the rest of the time you're working with other folks, he will be scribbling furiously in his notebook and carefully extracting every ounce of the goo that he can get out of yep. the bag, the gloves, the cloth, and into safe glass beakers. Yep. You are, you are able to make one dose. Thanks, man. Okay. Um, Simeon, Kess, and Inan. Uh, uh, so as you are sitting around the tavern, um, the uh, avowed that you are speaking to um, says that there are two uh, there are two people here at Candlekeep. They are still here at Candlekeep um, that you could speak to that had this happen uh, previously. Um, the two names there is uh, there's a human uh, acolyte by the name of Yalarian High Scroll. Um, who you could speak to, uh, or uh, there is a uh, a tiefling knight from Cormier, uh, Simeon. Uh, in fact, you know uh, that she is a purple dragon knight by the name of Valor. Uh, I'd be happy to summon uh, either of them to you so that you could uh, so that you can speak with them. Could we speak with the tiefling first, since we have a personal tie? Uh, certainly, absolutely. Uh, tell you what, uh, she is she is currently uh, she's actually out in the courtyard. She spends most of her evenings uh, kind of pacing and and thinking through the uh, the courtyard here. Why don't I go see if I can find uh, Master High Scroll while you go speak with her? And so, as you uh, as you step out into uh, the courtyard, uh, indeed, you see uh, a intimidating looking. Uh, tiefling. Uh, she is wearing all the trappings of uh, a Cormirian knight, even uh, just as she is wandering around. How do you approach her? I approach, bow deeply, and say, Madam Valor, I am Simeon Peleus Wintermere of the Miralan Valley of Cormir. Stand, st- stand, stand. Oh, God. Oh, oh, no. Stand up. Yes, ma'am. Stand up. Ugh. I am here with uh, several companions, and we have been bid to investigate the attacks of these strange books. Oh, and yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, look, I paid a bunch of money for that book. I want my money back. They're very tight to their purses here, Madam Valor. Uh, if I may, where did you purchase this book? 
uh, I, I bought it from this bookseller in Baldur's Gate. Uh, I'd been passing through uh, on... Uh, I was on in someone's employ and taking care of some business that was going to bring me up here to Candlekeep. This was... Uh, uh, it was more than a 10 day ago. I've been here for a while at this point, but, uh, uh, it was, uh, I had a, a series of notes, uh, about Hadar, who is, uh, um, uh, he's a extra planar entity. Um, uh, and yeah, like I went to go turn it into the, to the guy at the gate and, uh, uh, it, it tried to bite me. And, and so I, I put it down, but and then it turned into this, this pile of goo. If, if I may, ma'am, um, it did not attack you until you reached this citadel. Uh, I mean, it was in my bag before that, so. But a bag probably wouldn't have kept a creature of this nature from attacking if it wanted to. So it was waiting and biding its time. I don't know. Maybe it was hungry. I don't know. Hmm. What was the title of the book that you had purchased? <laughs> you know, that's the funniest bit. Uh, the name of the book was The Dark Hunger. And that's right, I remember that, because I remember thinking, like, it tried to bite me, uh, and the name of the book was Dark Hunger, and I thought that was kind of funny. Droll. Kess moves up to Simeon's elbow and says, what's really fascinating, ma'am, is that we were trying to help another arrival who was attacked, and he was fatally bitten. So either you were very lucky, or you have some quality that is intimidating to books. You didn't even have to fight with it. She looks at you very strangely and then looks at Simeon. A knight of Cormier is working with the drow? Kess is a friend. She is trained with monks and she has been by my side. We have fought with each other, al alongside each other uh, in the past towards a good end. You can t take my word that she is trustworthy. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was a book. I mean, like, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've never fought a book and lost before. So it was my first time though. It does happen. You don't have to be pejorative. I mean, I haven't heard any stories of anybody losing to, I mean, it's a book. How are you going to lose a fight to a book? Like, what are you going to? Simeon rubs his wound, which is well healed at this point, but he rubs his wound. It does happen again. Let's get to the point at hand. Uh, you said you were working a mission for someone, but you neglected to name the person you were working with or the group. Yes, that's correct. I work by myself, and uh, the people who pay me pay me a significant amount of money, not to say who I work for. That's something important. Madam Valor, and please forgive me, I am with the City Watch, and I was sent here to Candlekeep to learn investigative skills and protocols. This may be a crucial factor. We know of at least one other of these books that also came from Baldur's Gate. If we have the ability to tie the people or the mission, the people you were working for or the mission you were on to two attacks, that would lead us to the cause of these attacks. So I must insist, we need to know the names involved. Well, Mr. Mr. Wintermere, you said, right? Wintermere? Yes. Of the Cormier Cormier Wintermere. Wintermere. Right, yes. Let me, be, let me speak plainly. The people who employ me pay a lot of money not to reveal that information. 
I did not work for the bookstore that I bought the book from. I would be happy to tell you that. I cannot tell you who I was employed with. Uh, she undoes a strap around the edge of her dagger on her belt. Very deftly. She does not draw it, but she releases the strap holding it in its scabbard. Yes, I side-eyes Simeon. Simeon straightens himself, and while he was conducting himself with a great deal of reverence for a purple dragon, he is now standing quite a bit taller and straighter. His hands are nowhere near his weapons. It is clear that you have a limited amount of information you are willing to part. Correct. I do hope that this limitation does not impede our investigation. Know this. You are within Candlekeep. We have been sent here by the avowed to get to the bottom of it. If you choose not to give me that answer, then that is what it is. I'll not draw a weapon on a, on a purple dragon to initiate an altercation. However, I will not stand idly by and be threatened. Please understand my respect for your position, my respect for our nations, but I have been asked to help solve a murder, and I do believe any honorable knight would do everything in their power to trust an honorable servant of Azun <laughs> to keep private matters in confidence that do not pertain. So wait, which one of us is the honorable knight, you or me? Because it's not. <laughs> that was a great speech. <laughs> but that's a... <laughs> you, are, you are supposed to be the honorable knight. <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. Kess does not need any insight or perception checks to know that this, uh, this Valor character is bogus. And is coiled like a spring, ready for what might happen, and to defend Simeon. Look, the best I can give you, I can give you, like, I can give you where I bought the book, and go talk to them, like, I, I don't know. Like, that's the best I can give you. Like, if and I, I give you that, will you that. just, like, leave me alone? I will take that, and I will yeah, let was... the avowed know that you're withholding on the investigation. The name of the place where you purchased the book? Ah. <sighs> So it was, it was this place in the wide, uh, which, I mean, the place just like reeked of like greed. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was like uh, Diamond Sands or Amber Dune or Amber, Amber Dune. I think it was Amber Dune. I think is what it was. Do you recognize the names of any of those who were involved in the purchase, the shopkeep, uh, perhaps the owner of the location? Uh, I mean, I I didn't really talk to them. I gave them my 250 gold pieces and got a book because I was going to Candlekeep. So that's, it was not a long transaction. Lady Knight. Whoa, you're a big feller. A pleasure to meet you. Did you mention perchance you were traveling to Candlekeep? To the bookseller? Uh, no, that's a really good question though. I didn't. Uh, but I did specifically ask for like an expensive book like i wanted to make sure it came and come prepared so uh i did specifically buy an expensive book and they had seven or eight that were all like uh 200 250 gold pieces and that's the pile that i picked from 
What so, were some of the titles of the other books? Simeon, get advantage. I get uh, inspiration, please. A fabulous question. One of them was uh, was a, uh, a guide to uh, King Watsums. I, I don't know what King Watsums are. Like that's uh, a, a, it was a strange word. That's why it stuck out stuck out to me. I don't remember what that was. I remember uh, the wanderings of a humble Asimar because, like you know, humble Asimar. That's kind of a, 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 a contradiction in terms, right? You know. Uh, and then uh, let's see. There was my book, The Dark Hunger. That was kind of funny. Um, uh, and then uh, there was something about uh, uh, what was the other one? The other one. Did it have digression in the title? No, I don't. You know. There was one there. It was something, yeah. It was like mighty digressions or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, Cast take inspiration. And was that all? Uh, I mean, there were seven or eight books there. I, I don't remember all of them. I just literally grabbed the one at the top of the stack. That first book, what was the title again? You said the guide to uh, Ging Ging Whatsums Ging Whatchamacallits Ging something. My lady, what what is your mission here? Well, I know uh, Sergeant Winterview there is going to be a little uh, put out by my answer here, but uh, I am I am hunting quarry and doing research. You're bounty hunting. You make it sound you make it sound so dirty. Are you doing it at the behest of the crown? If I say yes, will you leave me alone? If that probably depends on if, whether or not I believe you. Yes. She's trying to be insight. very persuasive. Insight, please. Yeah. I definitely do not. Uh, I do what? not believe her, so I'm checking. Honestly, don't believe her. Like, you know, like the <laughs> principal rule of don't roll the dice if you can't fail, right? Like, yeah. it's pretty clear that she is, that, that she's not, she's trying to be like super persuasive, but. Yeah. Don't I, I, rolled an, I rolled an 18. That, that, yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah. That's a gig I do well. Um, in fact, so specifically, like you rolled so well, in fact, that you, now that you're standing in front of her and kind of looking at her, like from a distance, purple night all the way, now that you're looking at it, it's like, you know what, wait, her, her clasps are a little bit off, uh, or her, you know, things are slightly out of order that a properly, uh, uh, um, affected or a, a, a properly tuned suit of armor uh, would not be, um, and you know it's like it is clear that her her trappings are not well regulated. Like she is not uh, currently under the watchful eye of of someone who would be expertly caring to her armor as a knight of the purple uh, dragon order would be fed. And so it's like it's pretty clear that while she is definitely wearing the trappings of a purple knight, she probably has not been affiliated with them for some time. It's not a question. Uh, if I've heard of her, that means at some point she was. That doesn't mean she is. Yep. Fair enough. That's not a battle or an issue I'm going to get into right now. We have mm-hmm. a mission. Um, but I All will right. make note of that in my head. And uh, Okay. I thank you for your time, Valor. Thank you. You're welcome. Farewell on your travels. If you can get my money back, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. If you returned to the fold and do what it is you should be doing, that will be riches more than you probably deserve. Well, I would like. And I turn my back and walk. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fair enough. 
And Kess is right with you. <laughs> I, look um, at, I look at Kess, and that one had the nerve to question your honor. I apologize for my countrymen. So when you walk back into the tavern, um, the avowed is there with, uh, again, a, a uh, mid-twenties human um, in the trappings of uh, a, a an acolyte. So kind of think like clerical robes, that sort of thing. Uh, and the story that he tells is very, very similar, except that his perspective is different, right? He was very excited to be coming to Candlekeep to be studying. Uh, he is from Baldur's Gate. Uh, he found the most expensive books he, that he could, spent his life earnings on a book. Uh, the name of the book was Fallen Tethamar. He said it was 250 gold pieces, all the gold he had. He spent it on this book. Um, and he remembers that the, the name of the bookstore was Amber Dune Books. Uh, and when you know he bought the book, came to Candlekeep, handed it over, um, and it wasn't until he had been there for several days that one of the avowed came to him um, and asked, started asking him about where, where he got the book because the book had attacked uh, somebody who was putting it away um, and, unfor- and unfortunately killed uh, one, of the, one of the clerics uh, here in the Candlekeep. Hmm. When you went to purchase these books, sir, did they give you a list of books or a group of books to choose from? I just asked for their most expensive books. They pointed me to a, there was a stack of five or six of them. Uh, and I, uh, I just, I grabbed the one on top. Did you by chance get to look at any of the other books by title? There was, uh, there was one about an Asimar. There was, uh, there was a book that I almost bought that was about uh, these these strange creatures about Lamia. I could tell you all about them. The Lamia are fabulous, are, are fascinating creatures. And there was there there were several of them. I don't remember I don't remember the rest of them though. Do you remember the name of Do you remember the name of the shopkeep? Uh, the person that I spoke with, Simeon, he gets a little twinkle in his eye as he says, "Oh yes, I remember Marlisa quite well." She was positively adorable. I wished that I could have stayed longer and, and taken her out to dinner. But alas, my, my, uh, my journeys uh, had me going other places. Can you describe her for us? She was uh, short, bright eyes that caught the sun as if they were cut jewels. She was radiant. Um, and the way that the, the rivers of her hair flowed together in long braids reminded me of, of uh, so many waterfalls and streams that would crash against the rocks in wonderful sprays of color in the morning sun. A vision to behold, I'm sure. Uh, certainly. A beautiful and, creature. And, and with such beauty, I can only assume her fragrance was of... Um, what was it? What was it? Uh, what was... Can you remember that fragrance? Oh, I can I can recount it now if I if I think mm, she was wearing this perfume that was strange. It was a uh, uh, it was peonies and straw. It was a very strange combination. It was it was but beautiful, beautiful on her. It certainly it 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 gave her uh uh an an, an earthy quality that was Quite desirable. Like a fine truffle. Is there anything else that you wish to uh, to discuss with Master High Scroll? 
Can you tell me a little bit about your mission here? What are you here to learn? Well, I'm originally from Waterdeep, and uh, I am a follower of Agma, God of Knowledge. Uh, and to continue my studies, uh, my master's sent me here for a 10-day uh, so that I may learn and read through as much of the rare and hard-to-find knowledge that is kept within Candlekeep. I'm so excited to learn. Master High Scroll, and I first want to thank you very much for taking the time out of your studies. A 10-day is not nearly enough to take in all of this knowledge. Oh, the fact that you spent moments with us to help us solve this issue is uh, is wonderful and i greatly appreciate that um first allow me and i provide him with a uh, box of tea um a gift a, yes what how fabulous it may not be the smell that you uh remember but when steep with with uh proper water this should bring some of those earthy notes that you uh so desire it's um, remarkably close and I want you to uh, enjoy these moments and thank you for your time. One last question though. Um, when you traveled, yes. what did you contain the book in? Like, was it in a bag? Was it in a box? Did it just sit in the carriage next to you? Um, how did you carry it? Uh, I had a, a, a strap around it and was carrying it over my shoulder. I carry. I I travel light. I I, I did not. Uh, I did not travel with a with a significant amount. I, uh, Agma will provide. Agma gives me the knowledge to find what I need. And when you arrived, did you take off the strap when you donated the book, or did you hand it over, strap and all? Nope. I no longer needed the strap, and so I kept it with the book. But there was no sign of movement. You didn't set it down one place for a camp night and wake up to find it in a different place. Uh, the following morning, nothing of that nature. It simply was a book for the entirety of your travel. It was a book as far as I could tell you for the entirety of my travels. Thank you again for your time, sir. Uh, Agma, bless your travels and your learning. May she grant you additional time in your studies. The pleasure was all mine, please. If there's anything I can ever do for you, seek me out. We will, sir. We will. And with that, we'll allow him to return to his studies. Okay. As Master High Scroll leaves the tavern, uh, the others return. I have one more question, Mr. Brockett, if I may. Certainly. Uh, going back over the experiments that I've been doing during this time frame and all the stuff that I had learned. Yes. I'm wondering if I have any inclination of whether or not this book was, I know that it, it originated from somewhere alien, another somewhere extra planar, but not one of the standard planes. Whether or not it was a construct, a different entity entity under enchantment, mm -hmm. or a race of book mimics. Uh, as you are as you're continuing your studies and, and putting everything together, uh, an avowed steps in to the laboratory um, and says that uh, unfortunately that the, the time we have allotted for you to use this laboratory has a, has uh, uh, expired, um, and we're going to need you to uh, to to leave to pick up your belongings and go. Uh, there's another party coming in to use the laboratory, uh, and he asks how your studies went. Um, and this is an avowed of Candlekeep, clearly. Yes. Anybody I recognize in the few days I've been here? Uh, it's none of the ones that you've met before. It's, okay. it's yeah. hmm. Well, Random it's actually been before. very, very interesting. Um, I've learned quite a bit 
I actually have learned, figured out how to make a salve out of the residue and the goo. So if y'all had any samples from the previous attacks or the previous books that were destroyed, I would love access to them to further test them. Um, but also what's most fascinating is it's from an it's from another plane. It's clearly an extra dimensional creature, something aberrant. And I'm trying to determine if it's a naturally occurring race or a construct or some other entity under enchantment, but I'm kind of stymied. You know, if anybody would know that, then it would be, uh, who did we give this to? Let's see. We gave this to, yes, that's right. Yes. The, the name of the researcher. So the, the, the last time that this happened, uh, there's a researcher um, named Edulis who, who, took the, who took the samples. And I remember him saying the same thing, that he determined it was some sort of, uh, some sort of aberrant creature, a uh, uh, he gave it a name, and I don't remember what the name, it was uh, Ginger or Ginga or just something very strange like that. But he began with a G, I know that. A, a, a ginger, a, this is not my area of expertise, I, I don't know. But this, uh, but he, he agreed with your findings. Fascinating, thank you very much. Um, well, we'll clear out, and uh, later. Uh, okay, so do you head back to... Yes, absolutely. Then we would head back to the tavern once we were completed. Okay. You are all back in the tavern. Something I wanted to ask the group that had been doing the investigating. Um, uh, the ones who had been investigating the goo in the laboratory? No, no, no. Sorry. Uh, obviously, okay. I was with Sprocket in the lab. Oh, that's I mean, the idea. ones who've been speaking with the those who've been bringing the books in. Okay. Well, you are um, back in the tavern, so feel free. Yeah. I don't know if I may have missed this. Did any of you find out what what the content of the books were before they became all gooey. Like, was it just like a book? Did it have actual content within? Do we know that? I guess this is directed towards Simeon yeah. and Kess or Enon. Uh, From the descriptions we got, um, the books went bitey and dissolved to goo. Um, we didn't get any more information about how they behaved than we were able to derive from watching the book that we saw. Mm. Yeah. Based on what I saw, the fact that it turned into a dagger, I would think that it just takes the shape of a book. We asked a lot of questions surrounding the titles and names of the book, and it seems that there is some connection to one single shop that the books likely came from. So we know where they came from. Question now is, who owns that shop? Who sent it, and, and was it purposeful? Perhaps we have any more. There were several books listed. My guess is we should let uh, the avowed know that before a book enters the keep, they should question where the book was purchased. If it came from this single shop, the Amber Dune in Baldur's Gate, they should not allow that book inside the citadel not necessarily the person but the book should stay outside the citadel as it is likely a monster of some kind perhaps we could pay the amber duna visit if that's I within think, our our budget <laughs> i think that's where we might need to go next um i would also add there's a possibility of some kind of mm, beguiling magics there just based on uh, one of the people we questioned. Either this woman who who uh, sold him the book is 
the most beautiful visage of of a person of a woman on this planet, or she has a way of turning men's head beyond their control. I think it's the truffles. Yes, she uh, smelled had a sp- specific fragrance that he uh, was quite dismutted, dismutted with, uh, taken with. Uh, it left him quite flustered. I also thought it was really snacks. interesting that the purchasers of the books were just looking for an expensive book. You'd think that the typical scholar coming here would be interested in the book. I think they may either have an idea that people are coming here or the type of question lended itself to people coming here with a book. So they were taking a shot that the book would uh, end up here. Interestingly enough, nobody has noticed an attack prior to being here. So something about Candle Keep caused the creature to do its thing. That means so, either the books themselves are intelligent or what made them has a trigger. That trigger may in fact be when con- contact is made with the ev- with the avowed. Perhaps that's the business model of the Amber Dune to offer books with mysterious names and unknown authors to get people into Candlekeep. And perhaps that's why the uh, reason they're so expensive. Hmm. It seems to me. Now, if any of you had been raised in a scholarly monastery as I was and had as much book learning as I've had in the course of my life, I'm not certain about uh, our new turtle friend. Um, in terms of his book learning, but it's fairly public knowledge that Candlekeep requires a book, and it must be a book that the library does not contain in order to be able to enter. So anybody who comes here, even when they're looking for their own information, they have to find a book that's got a good shot. And that's a pretty common practice among scholars who aren't original enough to come up with their own or brave enough to explore ruins like myself and my previous master did. So uh, they tend to go to bookstores and attempt to buy the most expensive book possible, something that the bookstore owner implies may be a rare tome in order to secure their entrance into the, into the library. Um, I can't believe you all didn't actually know this. This is pretty common knowledge, but that does kind of indicate that it's possible that this bookstore, this Amber Dune Books, is deliberately pricing these creatures um, disguised as books to target Candlekeep, knowing that scholars might come there. Sprocket, my dear friend. Already rolled her eyes in the chat, but she does it some more. Uh, Sprocket, my dear friend, that's exactly what I just said. Oh, well. I'm glad, my friend, that your technical skill and direct book learning matches so well with my burgeoning investigation skills. And Kes, with all of her natural abilities, came to the exact same conclusion. The fact that three of us from three separate disciplines came to the same conclusion means we must be on the right track. Great hmm. jobs, Rocket. Thank you for confirming that. Well, I do want to point out that I, I do apologize if I missed that was part of your original statement, but I was distracted with my notes over here trying to make sure that I've got a full understanding of exactly what I can do with this goo and its possible properties. But I did have several details in there that you, would, you had omitted. Certainly. Your investigation brings pieces. My investigation brings pieces. Hess's questions were inspired bringing up other pieces, and the com- combination leads us all to one conclusion. To the Amber A doorway in the middle of the tavern opens and the avowed steps through and asks you what you have found and where, what, uh, what your next steps are. Oh, well, anytime you get a book, 
for the next, until we solve this mystery, you should ask whether it comes from the Amber Dune bookshop and whether it costs 250 gold pieces. And if so, stay away from it. Don't open it. Don't even let them take it out. Okay. It is suspect a connection to the bookstore? We have confirmed a connection with at least two of the attacks to that bookstore. Both okay. the price and the titles in question. It seems very clear that the individuals are not necessarily involved, but that they are coming here with books and they're purchasing them from this location. So it is likely that the source of this problem has some score to settle with Candlekeep and they're doing it using patsies. We will take that under advisement and happily provide you provisions uh, for the road. Uh, where is the Amber Dune bookstore? It's in Baldur's Gate, but there is one other piece that is important to note. These books are not attacking until they reach Candle's Keep. Candle Keep. Hmm. That means it is either the physical location or the presence of the avowed that sets them off. Or the journey. Baldur's Gate is four days away. It could be a timing thing. Um, I would indicate that the fact that one of the attacks happened after the person handed over the book and not immediately with the avowed, yes, I will change my conjecture. It must be a timing thing. I was going to say, which one was that? But that was the book that was strapped shut as well, which could be a factor. Uh, I was going to say, we have to remember as well, the book that we've just dealt with was on a carriage that was late and happened as soon as he got out of the bag. Yeah. And the Purple Dragon Knight arrived on foot, not by carriage. So it took a different amount of time to get here. Hmm. The temporal connection seems to be undeniable. All right. Let us dive in. Let us uh, continue on. So uh, when we last left, you all had graciously agreed uh, to travel from Candlekeep to Baldur's Gate and investigate the source of these roguish books that had been uh, that had been plaguing uh, travelers to the library over the last several weeks. Kess, would you please tell me where along where on the map or where along the fire Kess would find herself? Kess would be, I see, are those three or four rocks to the left of the fire? They are indeed. I'm on the southernmost lowest rock, so, perched on the edge. Okay, fabulous. Uh, and a d20 roll, por favor. That would be a seven. As you are on the road, uh, this is fabulous. Um, as you're on the road, uh, a wandering minstrel begins wandering uh, past your camp uh, and offers a song or a story. What song or story do they perform, and are they any good? They don't, they don't handle their instrument with a high degree of competence, so I ask them for a story, and they tell a mysterious story. They, they're a really good storyteller. And they tell a story about a mysterious werewolf-like creature um, called Bisclavre. Fabulous. Uh, what what is uh, what is the what's the the short version of the story of Bisclavre? A nobleman is happily married, and his wife asks him, "What's his secret? Why does he always disappear?" And he tells her, "I'm actually a werewolf, 
and I hide my clothes here. And she takes another lover and they steal his clothes. And he's caught as a werewolf forever. Fabulous. Except that he goes to the king and manages to get revenge. Excellent. Oh, I love it. That's fabulous. Simeon, please, uh, where along the camp are you? And a d20 roll. I will be situated opposite Kess. We seem to be the most at the ready. So I would, though we're good friends and I would like to be a part or next door generally from a defensive standpoint, I would be opposite Kess. Um, leaves me a little bit in the open, but I'd rather be the target than any of my compatriots. Fair enough. My d20 roll was a 19. A 19. Your character has learned something recently. What is it and how did you learn it? As we were leaving, I did some investigation and I find that Valor is definitively fallen from the order. The circumstances are not known to me, but it is known that she is not uh, respected any longer. She makes her way as a sellsword. Um, but yes, still that's correct. Maintains her trappings. That said, there is question as to whether her fall was legitimate and she has fallen into her state as in, they think I'm this, so I might as well be this. Or was she actually this? That remains in question. Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Uh, next would be Daz, please. Where along the fire and a d20 roll. So there's this kind of fence along the right side of the map here. There is, yes. Um, I think I've probably, if we're kind of relaxing at camp, I've probably taken all of my heavy armor off and... I'm kind of perched up on the fence, staring either into the flames or into the night sky. Okay. And your d20 roll. That's a three. A three. Uh, As uh, you are startled by a riderless horse careening down the path towards you, how do you react? Um, Oh, I maybe I'm going to jump out in front of the horse I know I've taken my armor off and it's probably risky. I just jump out and stick my hands out and hope that I can calm the sure. um, the creature. Give me an animal handling roll, please. That's only a six. Only a six. Uh, you are not able to calm the horse and he continues storming down the road. Right. Um, is the, I guess, looking at it, does it look like there's anything attached to it? Any, like... There is an empty saddle uh, and with saddlebags on either side. So this is clearly, uh, this seems like somebody was on it. You, In fact, you are a skilled horseman. You rode uh, to the carriage previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you recognize that the uh, the horse has the trappings of having been ridden recently. Um, and unknown something has happened to his rider. I see. Yeah. Um, is that the end of my scenario, I suppose? Uh, well... Uh, unless there's something else that you can think of to do, but he has galloped. He has galloped past you at this point. Yeah, I suppose he's he's in the distance now. I'll, I'll leave him to ride. All right, um, Alari, let us go with you, please. I need uh, to know where you are around the fire and a d20 roll. Um, I imagine that Alari, that tree just north of the rocks, um, that she would have been walking from the woods 
between the rock and the tree, probably just returning with some game for dinner. Fabulous. And just a straight 20? Please. Um, I have a 12. So, Illidaz, as you were arriving back to the fireplace, you heard this commotion and saw Illidaz trying to stop uh, a horse that was galloping out of control down the road. Um, that reminds you of something that you miss from where you are from. My own little pony. I had a pony back when I was a little girl back in our village, and I loved her for the rest of her life, since horses only live about 30 years. She had been my older sister's horse and then my horse, and she was already old by then. And boy, I miss that pony. Well, that's excellent. Okay, um, Inan, uh, where would you like to be around the fire? And a d20 roll, please. I believe Anon would be leaning up against the tree uh, north of Alarai. And I roll a five. A five, okay. You have something from home among your belongings. What is it, and why did you bring it? In my pouch, I have a small twig from a tree that I saw struck by lightning. I don't have many in the way of possessions. Home is where I take it. So I uh, bring it along to remind me that uh, this is... a. Uh, a tree I saw fell by lightning uh, shortly before I began uh, my laundry. Fabulous. Fabulous. Uh, and Sprocket. So two spaces to the left of the fire pit, right in that little crook of an armchair of rocks on the ground, Sprocket would be seated. Okay. Perfect. Right by the fire. Excellent. And a D20 roll, please. 15. 15. You catch the eyes of something in the wilderness. What sort of animal is it? So Sprocket is uh, sitting there, kind of leaned back against the, the rocks. He's kind of set it up exactly like the armchair he's talking about. There's a little low shelf on one side, and he set out a couple of his items for his uh, uh, nightly maintenance on his objects and, you know, the study that he does. So he's got his he's got a little music box set out that when he opens it, plays a faint but soft old gnomish melody audible out to 10 feet. And he puts out a little box that starts to smell of fresh baking bread. And then he pulls out a slate board and starts working on the schematics while studying the music box itself and tinkering with it. Um, he happens to glance up and see two eyes glowing in the darkness right behind Illidaz in those trees on the other side of the fence, just reflecting the firelight just to his right, if he's facing us, on the north side of him. And I'm peering closer Fully intent now, Sprockets leaned forward, no longer looking at his little gadgets, and he goes, Illidaz, don't move. I think there's a bear behind you. Is it one of the bad bears, or is it a friendly bear? Does it look friendly? I don't know. It's a bear. I haven't met many bears, but I've heard they're not overly friendly. Gentlemen, I need an investigation check from both of you. That's only an eight from me. 24. Um, Sprocket, you are convinced, in fact that there is for sure something behind Illidaz. Seriously, dude, stand up casual and move this way. I guess I'm trying to like very carefully get like get off the fence slowly, even though all my armor is right there. Yep. Um, are you glancing behind you? I think I'm going to try and keep looking. I'm keeping my eyes on Sprocket and, and just trying to focus on him right now. I'm walking very carefully forward. Alarai, would you give me an investigation, uh, a perception check, please? 
perception. I have an 18. Okay. Uh, you are now convinced that the bear that Sprocket saw is, in fact, in that clump of trees beyond the fence behind Illidaz. Um, Illidaz, you said you're moving closer towards the fire? Mm-hmm. I would um, like to draw my right, bow. You're also sure that it's probably not a... It doesn't look like a bear. It's far too sneaky. Draw I'm going to draw my bow. Yeah. Fabulous. Yep. And maybe whisper, I doesn't seem big enough to be a bear. I don't think it's a bear, but it's something. It's Biscare. That werewolf story. Oh my god. Sprocket leaps to his feet. The the other the three people who have not yet determined that there is something in the woods there distinctly heard something move through those trees. And Illidaz, you are you are now sure that whatever Sprocket saw behind you, there is definitely something in those trees. Oh and I've left my armor there now. <laughs> and my weapons. Are you Hess would like to leap forward to um flank Daz as as he's retreating. Yeah. With Simeon on the other side, just in case there should be some attack, J- just yeah, just yep. to be um, to be uh, uh, protecting the rear as yep. Daz is trying to retreat. Fair and uh, Simeon will step forward uh, and actually get uh, right up to where uh, Daz's armor was, so yep. that no one's taking the armor without dealing yep. with me. And obviously, I'm going to be looking yep. to see if I can eyeball whatever this might be. Yep. Um, so you definitely, uh, you definitely eyeball it. Uh, a a giant rat lunges from the trees at you and misses, um, but it definitely has now snapped at you. Uh, draw scimitar, and we're gonna get we're gonna yep. have some rat on its deal. Now I normally do the two weapon fighting thing, so am I gonna get both attacks or just the one? You'll get you'll get both. That's fine. Okay. So the first attack looks like it's going to be a seventeen. That's a hit. The second attack looks like it's going to be a. 21. Both of those are hits. That's going to be a 10. That That's just one of them. I don't know if I'm going to need the you second one. You don't even need the not. second one. Nope. Nope. All right. tell, me how you, tell me how you dispatch uh, with the giant rat. I slash, and it literally slices it in half, sending one half, the, the, the top half of the rat, the face and teeth, chattering, and it rolls closer to the fire so its eyes glisten as its teeth stop chattering and its lower half just lands on the ground at my feet. Positively disgusting. Looking at the uh, head, I turn to Sprock and say, that was definitely not one of the friendly bears. As you're turning to Sprocket and he sees the head rolling and chattering, he gives a squeak and leaps up onto the rock to his right, his tuning fork at the ready. Are we sure it's not a rare rat? Um, I turn I turn around. I'm confident it is nothing at this point. And I return to my spot by the fire. Alari, would a 13 hit your armor class? E, no. A bolt, a crossbow bolt, fires uh, between you and Enon and lands in the dirt by the fire. I notch my arrow and draw it and start scanning and call out, We're under attack! Uh, give me a perception roll. Six. Uh, you don't see anything in the dark. That's all I have. Okay. Uh, so we are officially in rounds at this point. So, uh, Kess, would you please... Uh, I don't know. It's your turn. So the crossbow bolt came from behind the trees up, up north of me? Correct. Northwest? It came, uh, but yeah, it basically came uh, between... 
Alori and Enon and landed in the fire. So it definitely came from that direction. All right. Um, so I am going to, first of all, I'm going to say everyone, holler to everyone, take cover. They have a crossbow. I myself am going to do a, I'm going to move and leap or climb up into this tree and see what I can see in the dark, where I see extremely well. Okay, which uh, which tree are you crawling into? I'm climbing high up in the tree directly behind Inan and Alarai. Okay, give me a stealth check, please. That would be a 13. Uh, what can I see? Uh, give me a perception check also, please. That would be a 18. Oh no, sorry, 20, dirty 20. But there are at least three other rats that seem to be skulking in the underbrush towards the party. All right. So for my, uh, I've had my movement, uh, and uh, now I'm going to shoot one of my darts at the nearest rat, the yep. one that's sneaking up on Sprocket, and that would be a twenty-three to hit. That'll hit. And that does uh, six piercing damage. Okay. Uh, it is uh, it is grievously wounded. It shrieks. Um, so Sprocket and uh, Alora, you hear it like this shrieking sound behind you uh and as you turn around you see a handful of uh of rats uh again in the underbrush behind you simeon yes i'm gonna shout out daz hop the fence get your armor on and i'm going to rush between alori and um sprocket and I don't know if I have enough movement. Uh, if I can, I'll attack that one that was wounded. Three, but four, five, six. No, you're going to be one square away. Okay, then that's where I will be. Um, Daz, yeah, it's your turn. So the question is, how long is it actually going to take me to get my own? <laughs> yeah, I- uh, several rounds. <laughs> I, I am going to, I run, or I'm going to die for my, just my sword and shield for now. I, I know that um, it's probably it will take me too long to put yep. my armor on. I'm going to shoot a shield of faith at Sprocket. Yep. Um, that's a bonus action. Fabulous. Um, okay. So that gives him uh, plus two AC. Excellent. Very much. Looking looking at the group here, I feel like these two, um, lo- oh, these three large people maybe don't need it as much as little Sprocket might. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, as an action, you have, about half your move- you have about half your movement left, but I know you wanted to pick up your sword and your shield, so that probably yeah. picking up your sword and shield will- and getting them situated will take your action, but you've got about half your movement left. Yeah, I will, I guess, move as close as I can to the main group. Um, and for my actual action, I can't do all that much, so I'll probably will hold my shield up just in case there's any more bolts coming out. You could say that's a dodge action, I suppose. Fair enough, perfect. Uh, and on your action, please. I would like to move 20 feet east, sorry, west. And I would like to try to attempt to use um, shocking grasp on uh, the rat uh, northwest of me. Fabulous. Uh, Roll your attack roll, please. Seven total. Uh, That will not hit. Give me, uh, before you carry on, I need a perception roll from you also, please. 14. You certainly see the three rats in front of you and are convinced that there's something else moving uh, just beyond your sight. And I would like to move. Um, I'll end my turn. Okay, fabulous. Uh, Alori. 
I'm just going to move in front of Sprocket so and shoot that. that rat. Yep. Okay. Uh, as long as you hit, you will kill it. Well, a 21 hit. It will indeed. <laughs> and that rat, it, that rat is a do... He was already skewered uh, in his side from uh, one shot, and now it is uh, skewered through its through its head uh, and pinned to the ground. Uh, give me a perception check, please. I have a 13. You also are convinced that something just outside your periphery uh, is, is moving. There's more out there, guys. Illidaz, will a 19 hit you? Yes, very easily. Okay. Uh, a crossbow bolt hits you uh, for 7 damage in your right side. And that's piercing damage. Okay. Give me a perception check also, please. Very bad. Um, <laughs> three. You were too busy getting shot. Uh-huh. Okay, um, but you all hear definitely Illidaz, ah, as he gets hit by a crossbow bolt behind you. Get low, man! Get low! <laughs> I thought this uh, enormous shield would help me, but I guess not. <laughs> Sprocket, it is your turn. Sprocket sees the two that remain and the one that is dead, correct? Correct, yes. Fire gives dim light out at least 30 feet, so my dark vision isn't going to help. Yep. But within 30 feet, right near either of the two rats, Sprocket is quickly scanning for a fist-sized rock. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, do, so you want it closer to the rats than where you are? Specifically, I want it to either the upper left of the top rat or the bottom right of the lower rat in a position that would line that would make a straight line connect them. Uh, those of you that, were, that are close enough to him would see him tap his long tuning fork on a lodestone embedded in the back of his right gauntlet behind his hammer, and little lines begin to form on it, almost like a schematic. And if you're close enough to actually see, it looks like a mini ballista. And the tuning fork begins to vibrate and hum in this weird cadence that almost sounds like the creaking of heavy wooden limbs. And he points it at the rock, and in little lines of light, almost like a schematic being drawn, a small three-dimensional ballista forms positioned around the rock and shoots it in a straight line, goes in a straight line up to 90 feet in the direction of my choosing before falling to the ground, stopping early okay. if it hits a solid surface. Okay. So they get a saving throw, first the first one, and then if he misses, the second one. On a failed throw, it hits one of them and stops, and they take the damage of 3d8 okay. bludgeoning. Cool. Is there, an, a, is there a contested roll for it, or is it just... Just their deck save to see if they can dodge it. Okay, I will roll their deck saves. Uh, and that's against a 14. Uh, they both succeed. Well, then my little rock shoots past them off into the darkness. All right. Uh, then, next, uh, they actually get to move. And on uh, the one further out uh, moves closer towards you. They are both attacking you, uh, and they have pack tactics, so they will both roll at advantage. Uh, that one is an 18, and that one is a natural 20. So that will hit. Will the 18 hit your armor class? Yes, they both hit. Yes, it will. Okay, and they are both bite attacks. Uh, so, <laughs> so that first one is 6, and the other one with the natural 20... Hits for another eight, so 14 total hit points. Um, and it's just piercing damage. There's no poison or anything like that. Um, so both rats uh, jump at Anon and 
uh, bite him quite viciously. Um, he is, he is, uh, he is grievously wounded, <laughs> in fact. Uh, back at the top of the round, uh, Kess. Kess can't help but notice that everyone else is um, perceiving movement out there. So Kess wants to do a perception check first and see Kess, if she can tell sure. which direction the movement is coming from or maybe even see more. Uh, roll that advantage because D- uh, Daz did get shot by a crossbow bolt, and so Kess is definitely smart enough to triangulate. So Figure out the direction. Yeah. Okay, so that would be um, 21. Oof. Excellent. Yes. Uh, you for sure see um, a larger rat walking on two hind legs very stealthily with a crossbow. And it is about 30 feet to the northeast of where you are. Okay. It it has its its leveled its sight towards Illidaz and is very quietly now reloading its crossbow. All right. Well, that is my priority, and you can't show me exactly where on the map it is, but my movement can easily take me there. So take me right there, and I am spinning uh, in a black dragon motion, which gives me some AC as well. Right, so this is like a shield, plus I'm going to womp that rat. I'm okay. running for the rat, and I'm going to womp him. Okay, roll your attack roll. Here comes the womp. Um, so that would be a 16 to hit. A 16 will hit. All right, and that gives him 10 bludgeoning damage. Oof, okay. And then I'm also going to, I'm just going to drive a front kick right at him, pile driver kick. Yep, love it. And that would be seven more damage. Okay. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, he is. You, uh, he is totally surprised by you jumping out of the tree at him. Uh, he did. He did not expect to see you. Uh, and with two staff hits and a kick, um, he is. He is quite. Uh, uh, quite injured. Yeah, and he uh, he is not able to kind of hold in his uh, his surprise and pain, uh, revealing his location. So I'm also going to yell back to Daz, "I got him for you, but he's not dead yet." Simeon, I take notice of of uh, Kess's uh, exclamation. Yep. Uh, however, seeing that Anon is definitely in trouble, yes, I'm going to advance and. Uh, uh, five foot swinging overhand with my left with my left hand, my second sword. Yep. Uh, the the uh, scimitar known as Infernal Lisa. That's going to be a twenty to hit. That will hit. And that's going to be a ten to damage with excellent. a downswing. Because uh, he's dispatched with alacrity, sir. Excellent. I'm going to continue my movement five foot. And with an upswing, slash at the remaining one, and say, Celestria, do your worst, and uh, swing at that one. And that's going to be an 18 to hit. That will hit. And we're going to do seven points of damage to this to this one. Fabulous. Uh, that one also gets sliced in twain. Cool. With the and then I'm going to turn to Anon and say, get back between the trees. And shout out to Daz. Daz, Anon needs your aid. Daz, it is your turn. Okay, so have... First question. Have we long rested since we left Candlekeep? Not since you've left Candlekeep. This was your first night. Okay. 
so I am going to, I guess, clutching, uh, maybe I will drop my sword at this point since it seems like I'm not going to be getting anywhere close, um, and clutching my wound, uh, I'm going to run as far as I can close to Anan and lay on hands uh, for as much as uh, he needs. Okay. I've got up to okay. 10. Okay, so Anon, you gain up to 10 hit points. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, you're you're fine. He um, he is not able to take any pot shots at you. He is quite distracted by the uh, by the drow in front of him right now. So. <laughs> um, all right, um, Alarai. Um, first thing she wants to do is look at that, look for or at that bard. Is he still here? Or did he leave before this happened? No, no, he 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 wandered off uh, uh, okay. long ago. Yeah. I was gonna say, why aren't you doing anything, that was- man? I mean, because, I mean, that was quite fortuitous, Kess, that uh, the bard would come by and tell uh, this miraculous story about a werewolf. But Mm-hmm. Um, so she's going to run one, two, three, about 20 feet out in front of the fire so that she has a clear shot over Kess's shoulder. Uh, Kess is fairly small, so he and he's fairly tall, so uh, he, he doesn't have enough cover to qualify for, for uh, disadvantage, so you're fine. Well... I got a 10 to hit. That, that will not hit. I didn't think so. Um, yep. Okay. Uh, Inan, your turn. Thank you, Master Knight. Master. It's my pleasure. Tom's light is shining on you. Comrade, my sword always belongs to you. Um, I would like to move 15 feet towards the... I'm sorry, is that a where we're at? And then uh, attempt to cast a lightning or on him. Okay. That's a... Um, 15 plus 5, and then he um, must succeed a strength saving throw. Okay, let me make my strength saving throw. Uh, He will succeed. Um, So does he get like half damage on a success, or is it no damage on a success? No damage on a success. Fabulous. He he successfully uh, shuffs off uh, the damage then. Uh, Sprocket, your turn, please. All right, so Sprocket's kind of been... uh... His head's been on a swivel as he watches the action unfold before him. Yes. Seeing Simeon quickly dispatch two of the rats over in the direction he used to be facing. You know, he'll give him some quick huzzas with each blow. Huzzah! Um, but he did hear the cry north and looks in that direction and slaps his tuning fork against the copper rods on his right forearm and it begins to crackle with electric energy and he drags it down them and shoots an electric bolt at the wear rat so that miniature electric bolt hits him for eight damage. Woo! Okay. Uh, casts a lightning bolt, uh, streaks out, uh, and hits the hits the were-rat in his chest, uh, leaving quite the scorch mark uh, on his armor. Um, it is his turn. Uh, Kess, he will attack you. Uh, he will try to bite you twice. Uh, one of them is an 18. The other one is a modified 20. Do either of those beat your AC? You're still on mute. My AC is 17, so unfortunately, yes. Both of them will hit. Fabulous. All right. And yep, you will take uh, 10 points of damage. So he snaps out at you and bites you once in the right leg and once in the, in uh, like under your shoulder as you're spinning your staff for 10 points of damage. Uh, I also need two constitution saves. And the first one is a 13. The second one is a four. Okay, excellent. Uh, 
the bite that he took out of your leg, nothing felt extraordinary about it. The That's bite, good. I need those legs. The bite that he took out of your torso under your shoulder there felt exceptionally deep. Dashes off into... You will get an attack of opportunity as he does so. Damn right. Uh, but he will dash off into the woods. I'm attacking. Opportunistically. Please. That would be a 25 to hit. Uh, you will hit him. Can I hit him with my three-section staff? I'm a little angry. Absolutely. That's for another nine damage. Oh, wow. Uh, he is he is hobbled, in fact. So, uh, and not only that, but I rolled a natural one on his stealth check. So, uh, as he turns to leave and try to flee through the, through the underbrush there, you hit him with the staff and break his leg. Uh, and he falls and kind of crumbles into the un- the underbrush, uh, but he is definitely still alive. Can I pursue him? Am I next? Uh, you are indeed next. All right. So my staff is still spinning, and I'm a little head up. So I'm just going to leap forward in pursuit of him, hurt leg and all. Sure. Um, Let's see. Keeping the same two. black dragon spin that I've been using with two sections for maximum womp and womp him. That would be a dirty 20 to hit. Fabulous. That's a hit. Watch out, Womp Rat. And that's another nine bludgeoning damage. Fabulous. And I'm doing a heel stomp right on him, right on his back. Yep. Uh, excellent. Uh, so you you stomp down on his back. Uh, you feel the vertebra of his spine separate as, right. your, as your heel touches ground uh, through him. Uh, uh, and he uh, expires uh, very ungracefully. And I let out a cry as my adrenaline leaves me and my right leg buckles under me. And I say, I'm kind of hurt, guys. I will rush to Kess's side. Same here. You run up to Kess's side. Uh, give me medicine checks, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, oh, she's bleeding. <laughs> Yeah, I only got about like a, an eight as well. Yeah, um, I really don't uh, want to become a wear rat. That's a, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely inclined if she's having difficulty walking to either help her up or carry her back to the uh, the fire. Yeah, yeah uh, that that'd be fabulous. You uh, you can you can pick her up and and carry her. So. <laughs> Ignoring the arrow that's still kind of poking out of my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Don't worry. I'm fine. I'm light. Can Torm heal her? Uh, not until I've long rested. <laughs> uh, unless I can continue making medicine checks, probably not. What is your medicine skill proficiency? Uh, one. You you know that the you don't have the power to heal her uh, until you have had a chance to rest. I've got a two. Maybe I should check myself. <laughs> uh, go ahead, roll. That would be a sixteen. Yeah, so you are super hurt. You can patch yourself up so that you stop bleeding, but after thinking about it and realizing that that thing was clearly uh, was clearly a were rat, you called it uh, Sprocket in particular. Actually, you actually made the joke about the were rat, um, and since you had werewolves on your mind from the story, um, you are scared that that second bite in particular uh, could have infected you. So I'm going to explain this to the rest of them and uh, ask their advice. Who do we need to find to heal me? So Sprocket 
uh, racking his brain with whatever knowledge of lycanthropy that he has? Does he feel that an anti-poison salve will help as it's part venom or that it will not because it's a magical curse? No, it's it's not. Uh, it most likely will not help. Does he know the antidote, i.e.? Uh, give me an arcana check. 22. Yeah. You can piece that together that, you know, that, um, that this is, that this is something that there are some things that science can help. And this is not one of those things. You need someone that can, that can remove the curse. Definitely need magical curse lifting ability. That's beyond me. Does anybody else here have that capability? This is definitely in my wheelhouse, but I'm feeling very inadequate right now. (laughs) All right. While all this discussion is going on, Alarai would like to go search the were rat. Uh, Sure. Uh, give me, please, an investigation check. 16. Uh, you are able to find, uh, 13 gold coins in a pouch on its belt. What about that crossbow? The crossbow is certainly, uh, something that you can grab. Absolutely. And there are 30 crossbow bolts also. Well, I'm going to grab those. I would, I'm going to take a good look at his face and then come back. Okay. How good? Like, investigation check good? Mm, Yes. I can't see him all that well in the dark. I got an eight. Okay. Yeah. And he, I mean, he's like, he's half shifting right now. Like he's, he's half the man he used to be. He's so, you know, that's problematic in the dark. I'm going to drag him back so I can see him in the light. <laughs> oh, okay. Make a strength check. Smart girl. Natural 20. Fabulous. Strong. You, are able you throw to- the body back towards us. <laughs> you are exactly. so you're you're able to you are able to carry the body without any issue back to the fire. I need you to also make a constitution saving throw at advantage because you rolled a natural twenty on your strength check. I had a nineteen. Fabulous. Okay. Thank you. You did not contract lycanthropy by touching the bloody body of a were rat. I'd like to take another look at him in the light. Okay. Uh, roll me, please, an investigation check at disadvantage. Because you already looked at him, you know, to double dip. 15, one five. Okay. All right. Make note of that, please, that you have a 15 on your investigation check of uh, examining his face. You, you, you feel like you've got a pretty good indication of what he looks like. Anything else that anybody would like to do while... In the uh, while it's nighttime, before you guys begin your badly needed long rest, I, I'm not going to try and sleep with this arrow in me. Yeah. So I'm just going to bite the bullet and pull it out. Oof. And because I'm a tiefling and I know I can handle it, I grab one of the logs from the fire and cauterize the wound right there. Rock on. Rock on. Uh, I need a constitution saving throw from you, please. Yeah, that's 15. 15. Okay, uh, you take three points of damage by pulling it out. That's fair. Uh, and that's why I, I rolled. I, I I rolled an eighteen. You rolled really really high on your. <laughs> I rolled an eighteen on the check. So that was. Uh, I'd like to use my medicine skill to see if I can help patch him up. Your medicine check. Yeah. Um, I slapped some bandages on it. It it sticking the bandages nicely wrapped around his knee. Yep. Exactly. Uh, that- <laughs> yeah. 
the the skin that he just cauterized is still like a little gooey as you're like poking in it, uh, trying to trying to uh, trying to heal him. Uh, you're like you're rubbing tea on it. It's not getting better. Uh, you're using your left hand. It's still not getting better. You're not sure what's going on. Simeon, it's all good, man. Like I'll just I'll put some like rags on it or whatever and sleep, no, and I'm no sure thanks, I'll be I'll fine. Just die. <laughs> I think you're overestimating the healing properties of tea, my dear. <laughs> I was just gonna give him a bandage, but um, maybe I'll just stick to boiling some some water. Um, so I'll boil some water so there's some soothing, um, sleepy time style teas for uh, everyone to. I ask someone who's doing better than me with my five hit points to go retrieve my dart from the rat in the woods. Uh, after the water's on, I'll go do that. Yeah. Uh, make an investigation so, check, please, Simeon. Or anybody who wants to go look for, for darts. Uh, Sprocket, we'll get to you in just one second. Just make an investigation check before uh, you go look. I decided to do that, too, and roll the 20 again. <laughs> All right, excellent. Uh, so, Simeon, you're looking around and can't find it, and then Alari, like, you're, like, standing on it accidentally, uh, and Alari's like, it's right here, and picks it up and uh, hands it to Kess. So, Sprocket. Thank you. Well done. You're welcome. Crossing the firelight from his side to the others, Rocket does glance at the were rat, which he's very interested in collecting some samples of, particularly from its mouth, maybe a tooth or two. But he'll get to that in a minute. First, he approaches Cass and says, "Um, excuse me, Cass. I know this may sound strange, but this would be a rare opportunity for me to possibly have the opportunity to, to to spend some time studying lycanthropy." From the perspective of a recently infected host, could I by chance take a blood sample from your wound? Be my guest. Anything for science. Fantastic. Um, and Sprocket, I need a dexterity check, please. Okay. 18. Okay. Uh, you are able to deftly do so without getting any blood on your hands or your face. In the process, as I rebind it, I throw out a 15 on medicine. Which I'm not proficient in, but have read some stuff about, and you know, just to make sure the binding's yep. back on. I'm not trying to make her better. Yep. I'm not that good. I just want to make yep. sure I took care of her. Everything seems fine. The wound seems clean, uh, as clean as a wound could be like that. Um, but it's not like poisoned or infected or anything, and the wrapping is nice. Nice. And then he would also like to collect uh, like the two front incisor teeth because those are like the main rat teeth. Okay. And uh, a blood sample thing from the other guy. Okay, give me uh, give me a medicine check. Not twenty, baby. Nice. Eat you it. pull you pull the teeth out without any problem at all. All right. Anybody else wish to do anything before uh, you take uh, your cup of tea and try to retire for the evening? Stand first oh. watch. Alari, okay. will cook up the rabbits or pheasant or whatever she found earlier and yep. hand out dinner. Fabulous. Yep. Simeon has agreed to take first watch. Is anybody else looking to take watch this evening? I'll take the watch after. Normally I would take a watch. watch. I can take watch after that. This time I would really appreciate the chance to heal. I feel the same, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, Simeon, you'll take first watch. Um, Alari, your watch would be in the middle of the evening. Anon, uh, you'll take the watch uh, basically from very early morning till dawn. Agreed. Uh, I have one and, final question, if you don't mind. Of course. Yeah. While ripping out its teeth. 
Does it happen to be the bard that came by and told us the story about the effing werewolf and then circled back to eat us? <laughs> what, by what measure would you uh, adjudicate that? Well, I'm eyeballing the heck out of his face while I rip his teeth out, so. Yep. Yep. Give me an investigation check. 19. As far as you can tell, it's not the same person. Okay, cool. Just a random thought that flitted through his active little brain. Uh, The rest of the evening goes quietly. Um, No more attacks in the evening. Um, You all wake up rested the next day, um, and you're setting your packs and everything. Um, Are there any actions that are being taken before you begin the next trip? I'll offer to... uh... Cass, if I can, I'll take your pack so you don't have as much while we get underway. Thank you. I'll hold on to my staff, though, just Absolutely. in case I need it. And I put um, three or four darts in my pocket as well. Now, can Cass, as a trainee sage, attempt to discover if there's anywhere where she could gain knowledge of how to heal herself? Uh, I mean, right now you're in the middle of the woods. I mean, lycanthropy is not unknown um in fact sprocket had said something earlier about how to how to cure yourself and illidaz had made a comment that he would normally be able to do that except he was not able to do that at the time so oh yeah i i gather that it's something that i will get i i suppose in game i would know that paladins usually do have that ability but i am at the experience that i am wink wink uh, I don't have the ability to do that currently. Ah, okay. So a question of how long I can hold out. Indeed. The question uh, is indeed. How long is the trip to Baldur's Gate? Uh, four days. And we're one day out of Candlekeep where we know yeah, there are yeah. people who could cast Cure Wounds. Or, I mean, uh, remove Curse. Hmm. Would it be better for us to turn back to make sure that our companion is cured? Or... Does anybody know how long it takes for lycanthropy to set in? Can we afford to wait four days? Is there any chance that I could gather the state of Kets's condition by using detect poison and disease? I know it is a curse. Yeah, it's uh, most likely not. Okay. Is there a chance that um, I would know of old wise tales or bar tales about the length of time from a bite to, to turn? Sure. Roll me a history check. 18. There are many conflicting stories about how long uh, a bite takes from the bite to uh, full conversion. Um, You suspect, though, that so much of it is tied to moon cycles and stuff like that. And right now it is new moon. Uh, so you suspect that you wouldn't have any issues until full moon. Based on the tales of the travelers that I've spoken with in the past and the stories I grew up with, we should have at least until the next or full, full moon. So I think going to Baldur's Gate, we're just as likely to find somebody with that ability as, as we would going to Candle Keep. And I would be worried that returning with our mission unfulfilled, Candlekeep may not be willing to provide us such assistance. I feel confident going to Baldur's Gate. Same here. Rocket not smiles knowingly, not looking the slightest bit surprised at the information that Simeon came up with, pats him on his shoulder and goes and sits back down with his stuff. All right. You guys carry off 
down the road. Uh, the travel during the day is uh, is uneventful. Um, Kes, uh, you continue to feel fine, uh, although the wound is definitely uh, of a different kind than you're used to. So there's definitely something going on, um, confirming your fears that the that this this did indeed uh, transfer the curse to you. Um, so you you definitely feel like that's confirmed at this point. You get to the next evening and uh, you make your fires. Uh, how would you like to set your watch for this evening? I'll go with first watch again. Okay. I can do second again. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm happy to get to give Sprocket his rest. I'll, I'll stay up and watch. Yep. Okay. Uh, could I please get uh, D20 rolls from the three of you? It's a nine from me. Mm-hmm. Three. Uh, is, that, is that a perception style roll? Or... It is a roll of the D20 and let me know what the number is. I got a three. Fabulous. Ditto. Three. The second evening passes uneventfully. The same thing would happen on day three. On day three, your travel during the day would be uneventful. You would make camp for the evening. Uh, Alarai would most likely hunt again for food to go ahead and provide fresh game, fresh protein uh, at dinner. It's delicious. Uh, what uh, What is your watch order for the evening? I was first. I think Daz is definitely worried about how much rest Simeon is missing. I know he's obviously uh, very um, well trained and can probably handle it, but I guess <laughs> I'm, I'm very much thinking you can you can get some rest if you want, Simeon. Thank you, my friend, but I, I don't mind. I feel better rested knowing that I've done my share to watch over our group. Okay, but I'm happy to take second or third again. I'll okay, take so, third watch if that's okay. Okay, so Daz on second and on on third. Kess mm-hmm. is right. feeling well enough to urge the others to wake her up right away if there's any trouble. Okay. Just before to... everybody settles in, mm-hmm. Sprocket kind of hesitantly approaches Kess again and has a small file in his hand and says, um, Kess, I, I was wondering if you if you might want us to file down your, your front teeth. They seem to be getting larger. Kess grins at Sprocket and says, that isn't really possible until the full moon hits. <laughs> Perhaps I imagined it. Have you always had an overbite? <laughs> <laughs> Can I get, please, a D20 roll from uh, our three watch? Please. A 10 for me. Yeah, 20 for me. Fabulous. Okay. Um, so, Anon, uh, for the natural 20, uh, for the rest of the session, you will have advantage on any investigation checks. Three again. Okay. Uh, the third evening again passes uneventfully. On the fourth day, shortly after noontime, about halfway through the day, you enter the town of Baldur's Gate. Uh, and the one of the prominent areas in Baldur's Gate is the large merchant area known as the Wide. Um, and you would suspect that if there were any sort of uh, mass amount of uh, 
commerce or anything going on, that that is where you would need to go. Um, in fact, you might even be able to find uh, wizards who would deal in uh, in curse removal or priests in curse removal, any abjurers, frankly, um, selling their services uh, to ne'er-do-well travelers who happened upon a were-rat. Uh, you probably would find a stall there uh, that you could, you could quest for their services. So. I would definitely be interested... Assuming that I may have heard tales about Baldur's Gate living, obviously I'm so far east from where I'm from, I would maybe be inclined to maybe take Kess to the High Hall, if in, if there's any kind of priests or clerics who I might have some clout with being like a Torm devotee. Oh, sure. I mean, there is there is a, uh, a prominent uh, temple to Torm in Baldur's Gate, so that would certainly... Don't worry, Kess, we're going to have my people on it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I mean, that that's, that's you know, there are many places of worship spread throughout the districts. Um, you know, finding a, finding a, 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 a temple of Torm is not uh, any difficulty in a city this size. Mm. Uh, when you walk in uh, with your friend, um, give me, please, well, uh, assume that a, another cleric uh, approaches you uh, and uh, recognize the holy symbol addresses you as brother uh, and asks what uh, uh, what business uh, they can assist you with. So traveling from Candlekeep, my friend here unfortunately was bitten by um, uh, a rat of the moon. <laughs> and um, we're of the impression that uh, she's been infected or cursed. Well, um, if there's anything we could do about that, that would be uh, amazing. Uh, roll me, please, a persuasion check. Actually, pretty good at this. Yeah, that's like a 24. Awesome. Uh, we would be happy to assist you. Uh, you said 24? Mm-hmm. Kess is managing to look grateful and appropriately devout all at the same time. <laughs> it's all right. Do you, you don't... I, I can cover the religion aspect for both of us. You can you could just be <laughs> chilling out. Appropriately for a drow in a temple of Torm. <laughs> we would be welcome. We would we would be willing to go at it and, and help you uh, for a small donation to the good works that Torm seeks to do uh, throughout the gate. You'll have to excuse me. I'm not familiar with these big cities. How much is a small donation? Uh, f- would 50 gold coins be enough? Alari hands over 13 gold. S pipes up and says, I have 10. Well, that's 23. I'm actually not sure how much I have after last time. I think if we started with 15 as standard, I haven't spent any. So that's I'll put, I'll put front my full 15. That is a, a lovely uh, jeweled letter opener on your belt, my cursed friend. Perhaps a trade. I put forth my 10 and I offer four boxes of tea. And I said, these are very valuable. They come from Cormier. Your nobility would be honored to have the have this tea. And I would be willing to send a writ from my family, the Wintermere, if we could use this, uh, a case of said teas, each of said teas, as the remainder of this payment so my friend does not have to lose her, her possession. I'm sorry, what, what family are you from? The Wintermere's of Cormier, merchant family. I'm 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 sorry. I'm I'm not familiar with them, and we we don't have much need for tea. Um, as I I think certainly a a jeweled letter opener of such fine quality in exchange 
uh, for the removal of uh, such a despicable curse that would leave you in agony for the rest of your short life is a fair trick. Yes, looks at looks at um, this cleric with her head a bit on one side and says, "What do you know about this letter opener?" That it is it is beautiful, and I have an appreciation for beautiful things. Surely then you'll heal my beautiful friend. (laughs) How long has it been since she's been bitten? Three days. Um, Well, I guess Mm. three nights. I'm surprised she hasn't turned yet. Can I make an insight check on this dude? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Absolutely. I, I get the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 obviously, I've come from like. What a, question uh, are you trying to answer? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to see if this dude's trying to grift us. He's from the city, and I'm from kind of like, I'm from where it's like religion is like real, <laughs> and I think he's not real. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Yeah, uh, go ahead, throw your ins- your your inside check. That's fine. Um, that is a seventeen. Yeah, uh, he is. He's for real. And he is absolutely not going to give you this service for free. How far are we off the 50 gold that he was asking? You're in probably like, uh, like the, we were at 48. We were at 48 without the jeweled dagger. Rocky can cheerfully throw two gold into that. Max. He's got two gold. He just didn't have much more than that. Okay. (laughs) My last gold piece for you, Cass. Ah, well, 50 gold. It is then, uh, uh, Thanks, Rocket. We would be we would be happy. Thank you for for the donation uh, to the church. We are we are most grateful uh, to you for uh, for your donation, to allowing us to continue the great works like removing curses from from uh, from wayward travelers who we've never met and ask us for services immediately when meeting us. So please uh, step, come with me. I, I, uh, before he, I go with you, I hand my jeweled dagger to Simeon and I say, could you keep that safe for me, please? I, 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 well, I, I, I nod dutifully, of course, and I will walk, stand at her side. Uh, and he uh, he escorts you to uh, to a small uh, cell, kind of off the main room that you're in, um, and uh, another uh, more aged cleric, little wizened around the face, um, comes up to you and um, insists that uh, that this won't this won't hurt a bit, uh, and begins praying over you. Um, you feel that you are bathed in a a warming light, um, and uh, that as he casts um, from your side, you see sort of a um, a uh, like a dark tendril of uh, almost smoke begin to uh, flow out from you. Um, and kind of uh, settle itself between his hands, um, and that as he casts, uh, kind of forms into like a sphere, uh, and the sphere gets uh, gets you know bigger and thicker and darker. Um, and then at the end of his prayer, after all of this, uh, after all this material has flown out from you into uh, the the space between his hands, uh, he ends the prayer, and the uh, the the sphere of blackness dissipates uh, into the environment. Um, and you definitely feel your side uh, 
it feels better than it did uh, before he started. Yeah. That she feels good. Go, go in Torm's light, my child. Thank you. We walk with one of Torm's, and we are honored for his his service to your God and his dedication to good people. Okay. And hopefully, next time this happens, I will be able to handle this myself instead of having to fork over 50 gold for a donation. <laughs> <laughs> I've known many religious people, my my friend Daz. There are those who do it for different reasons. I'm glad uh, things things you. are just things are just different in the city, you know. <laughs> this is so different from what I'm used to. Back at home, they they'd heal you for a dozen eggs or a chicken. There's, there's no sense of community here. No. Is it common to buy the love of gods in these cities? Unfortunately, I think it might be. So at this point, after having Kess healed, uh, do you wind your way to uh, the uh, the merchant area? It's time to ju- to enter the wide. Yeah, now that now that Kess is going to be okay, we've got to get onto this Amber Dune book place and uh, get to the bottom of this. Agreed. Entering the wide, uh, it is a bustle of activity. There are, uh, the, the alleyways are streaked with uh, people uh, negotiating and haggling over prices back and forth. Uh, there are any number of stalls, everything from food to pottery to coin exchanges to, to carpentry to, uh, to services, you know, people offering carpenter services or or uh, or the like they have uh scriveners they have bowyers they have fletchers you name it pretty much anything that you could find uh that you could imagine uh is available here how do you proceed now and the one thing that you don't find though is any signage indicating uh business names or or the like so how do you proceed once we find this place which i'm assuming we're going to have to ask directions do we need to we need to have a plan? Are we just going to bust in and start asking questions or do we want to bait them for information? I mean, I'm new to here. I could walk in and ask for the book, for a book. Mm, you could say you're looking for a book to try to make sure you can enter Candlekeep as long as you know. Perhaps that's our course of action. We go around asking if people know where we can get books to enter Candlekeep. If we're doing that, it's important that we keep an eye out for people tracking us. It may be that they know people are looking, or they know that people are going to Candlekeep because of the questions they asked before they got to the actual shop. Alari, why don't you pose as someone looking, and we'll closely observe whether anyone follows you, approaches you, tells each other about you. We can watch the process in in action. I can do that. I'm not. I, you guys should be able to keep an eye on me, considering I'm seven foot tall. I'm pretty conspicuous, especially in a place like this. Because of my experience enforcing the law and dealing with lawbreakers, I can both find find uh, see watch personnel and and bases of operations, but equally, yep, dens of illegal activity and criminals. Certainly. So, um, I would yeah. be using that. I'm hoping to get some kind of investigation as far as perception, 
in yep. um, noticing anybody uh, trying to follow or taking ill notice of Gaz in our rooms. Totally. Yeah, so you know exactly what you're looking for, um, and there are no fewer than 10 members of the City Watch uh, patrolling this entire area. They will routinely, um, you, you see, even just like walking in here, uh, you will see one, you know, harassing uh, a raggedy commoner, uh, accusing them of theft and hauling them out, um, that sort of thing. But they seem to be patrolling this area of, uh, uh, pretty closely and keeping an eye on it. And criminals that seem to be taking note of Daz as he uh, uh, acts like, oh, I'm going to Candlekeep and I'm looking for a book. Nobody seems to be paying any particular attention, uh, you know, because I mean, keep in mind, I've, so there's only a few tokens on the map right here, but they're in this probably, you know, what, 1200 square uh, uh, block here. Um, it's like a 30 by 40 map. Uh, there are probably a thousand people in here, right? right. Um, so just way too crowded to go ahead and put the put the icons on. But I mean, no one is taking any particular attention even to you all. There are other tieflings here. There are other furbogs here. Probably aren't other tur- uh, any other turtles here. But that's that's about the only thing that makes uh, makes you at all unique. Okay. And the fact that there are six of you. And um, as trainee sages, Sprocket and I can probably sniff out where the bookstall is. Give me... Um, and point Alari in the right direction. I mean, you can continue to wander through, and you would see it if you... You would you would notice it if you saw it, but you can't see it from where you're standing. Alari is just going to go up to that shop right there with the girl with the blue dress on your mask. Yes. What is she selling? Uh, she is selling hand-woven baskets. Okay, I'm going to walk up, and I'm going to look for a smallish basket. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like the right size for a small picnic basket or a lunch basket. Yep. And I'm going to select one and ask her, you know, how much is, is your wares? Uh, give me, please, uh, give me a charisma check. That's a 23. Awesome. Um, give me, um, two gold pieces. Um, I hand her three. Oh, and I ask, is there a bookshop in the area? Oh, uh, yeah, there, there's one. Uh, she'll point to her left. Uh, maybe two or three alleys up there. Wait till the big gap. Take a right. It's over there. And someplace I can get lunch? There's a million places that you can get lunch. She'll point straight ahead and uh, comment on. Um, that's right there. That you see the see the blonde girl there with the green dress. Her name's Autumn. Autumn Sparkheath, and that is Autumn's breads, best breads in the reach. Very good, thank you. And I walk towards that vendor. Um, as you kind of enter into uh, that section of uh, of the wide, the smell is heavenly. Uh, you can smell spiced fruits. Um, there is a, uh, a crackle in the air of, uh, of fine oil. Um, and she is taking, um, taking like blobs of dough, um, and stuffing, um, 
apples and peaches into and raisins into the dough and then throwing it into a a, a, a vat of boiling oil uh why and she, she she's got probably a dozen of them floating uh in the oil um several different shades of uh that kind of golden brown uh that perfectly fried dough begins to take um and she has a, a large vat of of uh, powdered sugar and so she'll take She'll take these out with her bare hands out of this boiling oil and throw them into the powdered sugar and roll them around and then put them on a plate in the the front of her stall there. Uh, Alari is going to clap in delight, trying to look as naive as possible, which isn't much of a stretch here in the big city for her, I'm sure, Mm. Um, and get a – ask for an apple pastry. Fabulous. yeah. How much? Yes. Five silver pieces. Okay. Hands that over and asks directions to the bookshop just to make sure yep. there's not more than one. Sure. And bookshop. Uh, let's see. From here, uh, again, she'll kind of like point behind her and say, uh, it's like three, four alleys up that way, uh, kind of over towards that side of the, of the, uh, of the market. And she basically points to the same one. Yeah, I mean, it's a little weird because her back is to where it's going. But yeah, you get the feeling that they're generally pointing at the same place. Okay. And I will pack my very hot tart into my new basket and kind of walk along through the the market. As we're following, would would I be able to notice if there's any damage to her hand? She's a good... 50 feet away, so trying to determine if her hand is hurt is... Oh, okay. I thought we were going with her when she went there. I didn't... Oh, I, I did Sorry, I I, uh, I I didn't know. So did you follow... Did all six of you sort of tromp into... Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to move that. Um, I think tromp- we're kind of fanning out and doing surveillance and staying close enough to observe what's going on, but not being that obvious, seeing as we're in a crowd of a thousand. Yep. Is that right, okay. Simeon? That's kind of how I thought, like... Yeah. Generally following, but not on top of like we're together. And we're looking for other people tailing her. Yep. Um, uh, Simeon, you've been watching the city watch, uh, and you've, you kind of got a layout of the people that are here that seem to be important. You don't seem to, to notice anybody trailing, uh, or anything like that. Um, again, everyone here just sort of seems to be going about their own business and not really concerning themselves with you. Okay, can I notice uh, her hand, even if I'm rolling perception at disadvantage? Yeah, give me, per- exactly, give me perception at, di- at disadvantage. Probably going to end up with six, that's the first roll. A six? Yeah. Oh, man! Natural one? No, natural 20 was the other roll, but it's a disadvantage, Aww. so it's a six. No, her hand. Her hands don't seem to be burnt, but uh, man, it smells so good in here. You're honestly not sure she has hands. Like, like it's just you're distracted by the food. Okay. Yeah, like she has hands. Like that's I meant like more like you're just distracted by the food. Like oh yeah, hands, <laughs> hands, but food. You know. Okay. Yeah. Like mommy used to make. So uh, I'm gonna move uh, Alari a little further on. Uh, see, Simeon was over here. Where, like, where would the rest of you guys place yourselves? I would probably be within uh, twenty to twenty-five feet of her at all times. And kind of fanned out, so we're not all together. Okay. We're so, moving around um, these little alleys so we can keep her in sight. Sounds good? I would good? probably trail the group, staring in wonderment at everything. That would be my first time in a human city yeah. of this size. Yep. 
you're uh, definitely you're, you're definitely craning your neck to see uh, everything that there is to see. This is quite a spectacular uh, section of town. Sprocket, Daz, uh, where would you be kind of in relation to everybody else? The thing is, I'm tempted to say that Sprocket being so small, I, I wonder if Daz would be kind of worried about him amongst this crowd. <laughs> yeah. And there he probably knows, but sir, yeah. I guess you would maybe consult him and say, are you going to be okay on your own, Sprocket? Sprocket looks up from a table of curios that was laid out, uh, Some of w- one of which is a small mechanical clockwork device that doesn't seem to function really well, uh, but he's intently studying it. He goes, hmm? I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> now I'm just worried that Sprocket is going to be too distracted and get pickpocketed or something. <laughs> no, I, I, trust, I, I trust Sprocket. I'm going to go... Um, similar to where Kess is going, kind of like round to the right um, and just kind of see what's going on. Okay, so we'll put you over here. Um, and Sprocket, uh, are you going through the shops in any order or anything? Like, is there any is there any method to your madness? So as he moves forward, since his attention was broken from the uh, the mat of knickknacks, it was out, out on the side there. Um, noting that Simeon is on the right, he's going to go to the left and gently trail one hand down the tents and tables as he walks on his left-hand <laughs> side while periodically glancing over at Simeon and smiling. <laughs> so about the same spot to keep pace with him. Okay, Alari, um, you seem to be the lead of the, pa- of the party here. So tell me how you're moving through, and then I will just kind of move people as I, w- as I think would be appropriate based on kind of where you have all told me you are. So, Alari, it's your choice. Um, so, I envision that she's desperately struggling to stay on task while she's going, oh, butterfly, what's this? And, oh, goodness, look over there. And wow, look at this other thing. But sort of allowing herself to do that in a sense because she's trying to play exact, trying to pretend to play exactly what she is. Cool. Give me a performance check, please. 16. Um, so, yeah, she's pause you know just kind of pauses occasionally at a shop and and looks over the wares just in awe over the variety and and the colors and Mm -hmm. and regretfully walks away from several things that she knows she can't afford and probably shouldn't and continues to move towards the um the bookshop um so daz and Kess, would you continue to more move this direction or would you uh or not I think that we would probably not be directly together. Yeah. Um, So we'll take different directions. I could go up between the stalls into the next open area. Oh, Daz has already gone there. That's fine. Oh, yeah. Like that kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then Inan, I'll put you kind of trailing like one one movement behind everybody else. So would a perception or an insight check be appropriate? Or are we just basically there's not much to see? I mean, there's there's tons to see. There's uh, almost too much to see uh, to go ahead and, and sort of uh, sort through. And you have not yet got to a position uh, where you can see the bookstore. Alari, in front of you, again, you see uh, another kind of food stall with uh, all sorts of, uh, of baked goods and breads and uh, mugs of stout beer. Um, uh, Simeon, in front of you, you see a stall with fine cuts of beef. Um, that smell uh, fresh uh, and of uh, of 
of of of game not this is not like uh like bred deer uh this is real like hunted in the wild deer um Illidaz, you see a small cafe here uh with uh with teapots uh and several small tables um and uh they offer uh water mead beer tea coffee all that sort of thing and i know uh, i know the tea wouldn't be as good as simeon's so there's not no, much point in sure. buying any totally right yeah over to the side Kess, uh off to sort of your right uh uh you see um somebody uh crying uh not not like crying but like c- calling out um uh that uh they are uh uh, fabulous purveyors of uh, of metalwork, um, you know, um, honest honest reputation, uh, you know, clear clear line of ownership, uh, uh, you know, no no crime here. They seem very insistent about that. In fact, Alari, any any further? Uh, where do you go next? Um, I'm. She's just going to continue to meander her way through the directions that she was given towards. Um, the bookshop, not not having any other input yeah. from her companions. Sure. You sort of hit a place where you can't go straight anymore. There's kind of the alley uh, kind of, uh, if you turn to the right, then the alley kind of goes back up straight. But um, so are you going to turn to either direction or are you going to try to go around the, uh, around the stall that's in front of you and, and continue straight? Um, I'm going to, I, I didn't write down the directions. Uh <laughs> I'm going to go to the right there and go in between the green and the blue stalls there. Yeah. Uh, would you please give me a perception check? 13. Fabulous. Um, you see a stall with several stacks of books and uh, several open books that seem to be uh, uh, that there's uh, a gray-haired gentleman um, sort of hunched over uh, working on. Uh, he's Seems to be it, it's tough to see actually from this distance what exactly he's doing, um, but you see uh, a, a store with piles of books. Um, is it that far? Yeah, like, grouping is, of tents. Okay, it's about fifty feet to your right. So in other words, instead of turning to the left up that alley, if you continued straight where you where you had gone to the right, um, you would you would get there, kind of beyond the green tent that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, I'm just gonna make my way straight there. Okay. As a out of character question, sure. um, earlier when we were back at Candlekeep, would anybody have was I there when they were describing Simeon and and Kess when they were describing what that one person was saying? The purveyor, the female purveyor, looked and smelled like, and all that jazz. If you were with that group who was doing the interviewing, then yes, you you heard that from uh, from the person that they were talking to. Um, uh, Kess, Simeon, uh, is it safe to say that you would? How much detail would you have uh, shared with the party about um, about that sort of information? I feel that three nights around the campfire, yep. um, we've probably had a chance to sort of talk in a fair amount of detail about the bookstall we're going to. Yep. Even distracted by fears of lycanthropy. Yep. Okay. Agreed. Okay. So as I approach the place, do I see anybody with that, with the uh, descriptions of any of the people that they've mentioned were, were running the shop? 
you see two people. One is a young man, and then there's the middle-aged man uh, hunched over uh, a book seemingly repairing it. But do they do they match the descriptions that I would have heard during the campfire? The description okay. that the, the only description that you heard of somebody who worked at the at the bookstall was um, that it was a woman. Okay. Um. Then I'll go in and start looking around. How does everybody else kind of respond to that? I've got so Sprocket. I've kind of got you off on your own, kind of doing, uh, you know, looking at crazy things because that seems to be Sprocket. I've got everyone else kind of trailing in. How... I think I would move up behind the stall so that I'm in range so like and over here? can hear and intervene if necessary. I would go in into the uh, that area, but probably be in the northwest corner of it, looking at whatever is there from that from that inside part. Okay, sure. So uh, in in there, um, you see uh, it looks like a store area. Honestly, oh, uh, actually, um, so this is the back of a cart, uh, the back of a stall um, that is selling fruits and vegetables and uh, all sorts of fresh produce. So, Daz, how about you? Um, this kind of like dark green one on the bottom left. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is that? And what, where is it facing, I suppose, is the question. It is facing uh, sort of south, uh, mm. and it is a fish market. Okay, well, I will pretend for a few moments to be very interested in fish and kind of peer through the gaps in the stall to see if I can see Alaray um, and what's happening. Yep. Um, yeah, you can. You you can. Yeah, you can see basically. I mean, it's it's uh, an open it's an open tent basically with like four pegs on it, uh, mm-hmm. with, with with four legs. You can see through it, no problem at all. Um, and on, I kind of moved you up a little bit again, just kind of uh, trailing behind. Is there any place uh, you would prefer to be? I would probably look with interest at the fish, uh, but just okay. in a uh, from over the shoulder. Yeah, that's fine. And Sprocket, uh, again, I kind of had you off random direction. Is there anything here that is sort of attracting your attention? So I think the direction works pretty well. And I was eyeballing this. Oh, you put me by the blue and purple bowl or the green and purple bowls. Well, what are they? What's that stall? Um, those are uh, crystals, actually. They, they're, and they're not bowls. They are on like wooden pedestals. What type um, of stall is it? Just crystals, uh, or is it? it it's, it's like crystals and rocks, and those are on display. Um, and the shopkeep uh, insists that the crystals have healing properties. Hmm. Very interesting. I may be back, but I actually have pressing. <sighs> yes, no, I have pressing business, but I'll be back. And he goes up around the back of that block, going in the direction of everybody else. Yep. So you pass. Uh, you pass several jugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you pass. Uh, uh, the one with the yellow and black stripes has several clay figurines um, that seem particularly interesting. Um, interesting how? Uh, the fact that they're clay figurines and they seem very, um, they seem almost like what we would what we would call as like Native American figurines, you know, like um, uh, just like very ancient. Um, and they kind of have that look to them. Hmm. So maybe more intriguing than interesting. Um, and then uh, there is uh, another uh, food stall kind of around the corner. 
uh, here. Um, this seems to be selling a variety of uh, fruitcakes and um, oh uh, yeah, like a variety of fruitcakes. Um, and then uh, an armorer. You see several shields uh, and kind of inside that area uh, is uh, several sparring dummies and things like that. So with that food cart right there, uh, mm. does the fruitcake look good? I mean, is this like a quality fruitcake or the Christmas fruitcake you re-gifts to someone else every year? <laughs> Give me like a medicine check. Let's go, let's go medicine. 22, 19 plus three. Yeah, they seem not bad. They're only four silver pieces. But not the kind mom used to make. They don't have that kind of Correct. smell. Correct, yeah. They don't, have that, they don't have that touch. Well, I need a cover. So unless something else looks more appetizing and I'm also hungry because I like to eat. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, you just passed through the entirety of the food market. Yeah, exactly. Right. So Yeah. I almost stopped and bought the tarts, but I thought that would be too suspicious. <laughs> so he'll have to buy a fruitcake unless something else looks more tasty and stand there sampling it while yep. kind of casually observing what's going on inside the next bin. It's not dudes. bad. It's okay. You know? It's a <laughs> it's a it's a it's a little too nutty. Oh my, this is this is fantastic. It's almost as good well, almost as good as my mom's. What's your secret? Give me a uh, performance check. Or give me a deception check. Mind you, at this point, he's just trying to kill time. Oh, yeah. 14. Oh, I'm glad you like it. Fabulous. Would you like more? I'll give you another one for only three silver pieces. Hmm. If you like it so much. Well, it's it's really good. Do you get compliments like this often? No. Well, then perhaps, since I'm such a fan, you should set me up with a second piece on the house. Give me a persuasion check. 18 plus 1, 19. You know what? I will. But you got to promise that everybody you talk to, send them to Snog Dozzle's Fruitcake. I'll do you one better. And I sit down on uh, a barrel right there beside his shop and just, while watching everybody else periodically to passersby, go, man, this is really good. Y'all should try it. Rocket, the first form of uh, effective advertising. <laughs> Alari, you are uh, at the bookshop uh there again. There's a a young uh, looking man who um, comes over and asks uh, if there's anything that I can do. Is there anything in particular that you're looking for? Um. Well, I'm looking for. A, I I have to. I I I've heard about this candle keep place library. I yes. need to. I need to have a book to go there, and I need. I, I, I'm looking for something that they would be interested in. I have no idea what they would want. Well, I mean, surely they would want nothing but the finest. Uh, and we have set aside a collection of books. Uh, they are they are not uh, they are not inexpensive. However, uh, they are quite expensive and quite valuable. Oh, how expensive are we talking about? We can make you a deal and sell you one for 300 gold pieces. Oh, goodness. She looks crestfallen um, and starts glancing around at some of the other books to see if one looks, like, really exciting to her that maybe cheaper that she could grab. Uh, yeah, really they, trying I mean, to have, play this up. Totally, yeah. They have, they have uh, several uh, common books like they have like you know uh like the 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 version of like a dime store comic like you know they have 17 copies of it um they'll sell it for one silver piece but uh uh there are um, and the, there's like a stack of four or five books 
um, kind of deep into the stall um, that are, you can tell by the binding and the cover that they are of exceptional quality and they are, they are not on the table kind of uh, out in the open here. But there's basically like a stack of books that he said were off to the side for just this purpose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, so if you think, if you see like the table that's right in front of you, think like right under the on, like the blue and white awning kind of just inside kind of tucked away from where, where people would be able to snatch them and and run. Gotcha. And he said, how much? How much for the expensive books? Yeah. Yeah. He offered you that they would make you a deal for 300 gold. That's what I thought. Okay. Okay. Um, if, that, if that's too much, the price is negotiable. Maybe two fifty. I really, I mean, that'd be that would be like me giving the shirt off my back. But I mean, if that would make if that would make you happy, then then maybe we can make a deal. Unfortunately, I think I'd have to give you the shirt off my back in order to do that. Oh, that's so. Uh, we're not a shirt store. I know. Is there anything unusual? Do I see anything strange other than that the fact that they look like really good books? I mean, does that look odd for this type of an area, for this kind of an outdoor seller as opposed to a bookstore? Give me a perception check, and we'll see sort of how you did as you went through the other shops. Uh, I got a seven. You know, other stores in in the area here... Like, obviously, like, like the people that are, like, making food and things, like, they don't have anything equivalent. But, like, you know, like, the people that sell, like, rugs and blankets, like, they sell, they keep the nice things away from the, uh, from the front. You know, um, particularly with when Simeon was saying that there is a heavy city, city watch presence here, um, you know, theft is probably something that does happen. And so the shopkeeps are responsible to keep their most prized goods away from uh, from prying eyes pry- or, or loose hands. Easier to get away with a book than a rug, though. Absolutely fair. Totally fair. You know, um, you know, but like, you know, like they even like like mugs, like, you know, you could find like your standard mug kind of sitting out there. But the nice mug with engraving of the city crest and things like that, you know, or like, you know, custom mugs where they'll make a, f- a family crest on them. You know, those aren't kept uh, kind of in the front. And and does the young the young man, does he seem like super eager to sell me one or is he just being casual about the whole thing? No, he seems he seems very happy uh, to have you here. He does seem very uh, interested to sell you something, and he doesn't seem at all put off by the fact that I'm that country bumpkin look. The fact that I'm definitely not from around yeah. here does not care. Okay, still looking disappointed and crestfallen. Um, Alari kind of takes a hesitant step back and away, and then just turns and 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 walks out kind of mumbling to myself about how i can make some cash yep as you turn around and walk out the older gentleman who is sort of hunched over uh the table there um says uh Darren, uh, make sure that we have uh, the uh, the trade for the last several hours together. Um, uh, uh, Corvalo will be here uh, at any moment. I'm sure I heard that from behind the stall. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean they, he was he was not quiet about it at all. Right. So I am. I my ears are pricked up, and I am ready and listening. Okay. Um, and I'm I'm just gonna <clears throat> go around the corner like I'm well, I've left so that try to put some 
cover, like, like, so to speak. Like down here between. past the fish market? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to move to the to the uh, to this uh, stall to my east and just see what they've got, spend some time looking. Uh, and as I'm closer, I'm going to see if I notice any particular scent or anything like that. So uh, you are sort of at the back end of these these stalls up here. Um, so you've got like the bookseller down here in the lower right-hand corner, and then you're kind of at the back of them all. So you're getting kind of a sideways glance from these sellers who are kind of wondering why you're behind them. Oh, um, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. Yeah. My apologies. And then I'll um, move on to the books. Yep. Um, and you can see uh, you can see the stack of expensive books, again, kind of uh, one square to your right and two squares down, kind of in that section underneath the gray and white awning. Okay. And uh, do I notice any uh, anything particular about that stack? Are they bound in a specific way? So those five books in particular are of vastly different quality than everything else in here. I'm just going to go through the stacks I have and, and basically I'm going to put off that these are the types of books I'm interested in. I'm going to engage the boy. Like what's his favorite out of these group of books here? Who does he like? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't hear you. you, you which books that you're looking for the expensive books or no, I'm looking in the cheap ones. I'm just trying to engage okay. the boy yep. in conversation. Sure. See yeah. if he has any, basically I'm in, I'd like to, Gauge whether he's cagey, trying to hide anything. Yep. If, if anything like that, something cool. he's Give nervous about based on the statement that the old man made. Yep. Fabulous. Absolutely. Um, so make me please uh, give me an insight check. 13. As far as you can tell, the boy is totally sincere. Um, he is uh, right now um, going through, he has a, he has like a little, um, coin purse like on his front that he's currently starting to rifle through and start to count uh the gold coins and silver coins that he has uh that he has in there okay i'll keep looking at books sprocket uh you see uh a woman uh with a hooded cloak on uh walking quickly um towards where you all are um she doesn't pay any mind to uh to you or to anybody else kind of in the area here um and she walks into the bookstore um and stands uh basically right in front of the bookstores uh and um asks for um you know lets them know that um your replacements are coming soon. Uh, I'm here to to collect uh, the earnings for the last uh, for the last shift. Wolf Sprocket is sitting there as she passes. Does he happen to notice any particular smell or aroma coming off of her? No, notice that her hair is particularly riverishous. Uh, no, in fact, she's wearing a hood up over her hair, um, so she's like she's hooded. Um, all that you really notice is that she is walking with. Uh, great confidence. Well, then Sprocket notes her passing and what went on, but continues no longer calling out to the crowd. He's instead sitting there idly munching on the second piece of fruitcake with his other hand holding open a treatise on extra-dimensional space theory as it pertains to the creation of pocket dimensions yeah. <laughs> and half paying attention to what's going on while reading. She uh, collects basically all of the gold from uh, the two individuals here, um, and then just as she walked in, uh, she walks out and off to the left. Uh, 
before, um, before she yeah. fully has left, I'm going to cast uh, Divine Sense okay. just as a precaution. Obviously, we had this idea that maybe she was able to totally enthrall somebody. So if there's some kind of infernal or um, special magics going on there, yeah. I'm trying to detect that with Divine Sense, uh, as well as maybe the books and the people working at the stall as well. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, Divine Sense. It's undead, celestial, or fiend, or uh, could also detect consecrated or desecrated objects or places. Yep. None of those. Okay. Well, at least we know we're not in that much danger from stuff like that. Yep. Uh, and she, uh, so she walks off to uh, the left. Sorry, when she was there, um, the two individuals, uh, whatever coins they had on them, put them into one um, pouch and handed the pouch to her. When she was leaving, might I have uh, caught a glimpse of her face with my perception? Sure, give me a perception check. Yeah, no. Nope. No, you that's did not. A, that's a, yeah, absolutely nope. no. That's a one. Okay. Cool. Alara right. wants to start trailing her. Uh, give me, please, a stealth check. Natural 20. Rock on. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. So, Sprocket, you see Alari walk by you, um, and she is following whoever this woman is. Then I step off of my crate, tuck my book back into my bag, set out behind her about 10 paces. I would definitely like to, I guess if she's heading um, southwest bound, I will head southwest from where I am, like the alleyway. A quote unquote alleyway, like alongside it, if that makes sense. Okay, cool. I'm also, uh, as well as watching them, I'm also looking to see now if anybody's following us, because if anybody's clocked onto the fact that we're following her. Sure. Uh, give me a perception check. That's a 16. No, you are not being followed. Okay. Um, Anon, uh, you kind of see the party is splitting directions. Which one are you going to follow, or if at all? I think I will uh, trail Daz. Uh, Cass, how about you? You seem to be the furthest one away. I'm going to um, wait and see what Simeon does, because I think it's important for none of us to get too far apart. And if he wants to stay at the bookstall and investigate further, I want to cover him. Okay. Simeon? I'm going to ask, uh, come around and then ask the the older man. Uh, I love these books here. They're kind of the ones that I grew up with, so to speak. Um, yes. I have an eye on some better fare. My uh, my liege has asked me to look for and identify some other books. Uh, uh, specifically looking for something uh, about um, uh, the Lamia or even the Asmar. You wouldn't happen to have anything along those lines. Excellent. Great questions. Um, uh, yeah, we have, uh, funny that you should ask. We have, uh, let's see here. Uh, he points to the stack of expensive books. He said, there's one, uh, it's called Wanderings, uh, Wanderings of a Humble Asimar, uh, right Mm. there. Um, and then, uh, and then this one here, uh, The Daughters of Grisit. Uh, which is, uh, that deals with the origins of the Lumia. Those are, that's a very, uh, that's a very strange line of questioning. Uh, why are you looking to do so? 
I am but a humble member of a household guard. As you can see, um, my family is well, uh, or the, the house that I work for is well acquainted with books. And I basically was given a task. I wish I knew more or understood it better. But essentially, while I am somewhat read, I personally stick to the books on the other side of the, uh, of the shop, if you know what I mean. I would like a deception roll from you, please. Unless you feel like you're being truthful. I come from a pretty well-attired uh, uh, company. I think the only thing is the fact that I was sent on a mission and didn't yeah, know. And, and you, so I feel like, confident like that deception... Yeah. yeah, it seems like you're being cagey. Uh, that's going to be an 11. Fabulous. Uh, I rolled a 12 on my insight check. So he sort of looks at you sideways, says, uh-huh, asking about the Lamia. Let me guess, Cormier? You're six days away? You're coming here to ask about the Lamia. I didn't come direct from Cormier, and yes, that is where I hail. I was, however, bid by those I, of whom employ me to look after and ask about some books. Um, mm-hmm. It seems that there's some things that they're interested on. They said that a shop here would be a great place to find rare books. Um, my guess is my my employer is headed to or planning to go to Candlekeep. I'm not a fool. I understand the way these things work, as I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so they gave me some titles to look after and asked me to come look. Give me your deception check at advantage, please. 19. Fabulous. Uh, he seems to, his gaze softens a little bit. It's like, you could have just been upfront about it. Uh, look, the books, they're 250 gold pieces. Uh, that's pretty much non negotiable. Fair enough. There was one book he mentioned, then changed his mind. Uh, I just want to ask because, well, Quite honestly, if if you have it, it could mean a lot for me personally. Um, would you happen to have? Um, let me see if I remember the title. Um, it was um, da, 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 um, the Dark Hunger. He scoots back on his chair a little bit. We did. We had a copy. <clears throat> So no longer that one has gone? It's been sold. It's getting late. I think it's time for us to close and conclude our business for the evening. Uh, oh. uh, I didn't get your name, sir. Oh, um, one moment. Uh, I have uh, one of my employers, uh, other uh, employees coming. They, they are actually coming with the money. Uh, we, of course, were going to purchase a book or at least trade value for it, but then certainly um, you can come back in the morning. We're closed. Oh, we're planning on leaving today, of course. Well, then I guess we're not going to be able to make a deal. Well, we're well closed. I, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll allow me a moment. I actually have the item with me. Um, allow my um, my boss to uh, come forward. Um, uh, I, of course, have the trade value. It is uh, a fabulous jeweled dagger. And if my boss would come forward, uh, I can let... This is taking this cue. 
and sco scooching around nimbly so that she doesn't seem to be coming from behind a stall. So she's nipping around the front of the fish market rather than appearing so, magically from behind a, the back so of a stall, like which would be way? a bad idea. And I call out, oh, Arthur, assuming Simeon doesn't want to be known by his real name in this context. Yes, yes, oh, oh, uh, oh. Uh. This is this is the uh, boss I was referring to, uh, Milady, uh, Delia. Uh, I, 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 they're trying to close. I didn't have the authority to make the deal, but I do have the the jewel dagger. Um, I, I'm trying to hold his his hand at this closing till we can at least purchase at least one of the books. Perhaps you by would all means, be by all means. Certainly. So I take out the dagger and, and I hold it, not threateningly. This is the dagger. I'm hoping that we might be able to come to some kind of deal for at least one of the books. That's only worth like 20 gold coins. I'm not interested. And we're closed. And if you try to push me one more time, I'm calling the city watch. Okay. Well, you sent me back to my employer as a failure, and I wish that were not so. I, I thank you for your time. Um, the young man starts hurriedly, like, packing up the books that are there uh, into, um, like, uh, a satchel. And then the old, the older gentleman um, takes the expensive books, uh, starts putting them into a crate. Kess smiles brilliantly and says, nice attempting to do business with you. Mm-hmm. We last left when we were beginning to follow the very confident woman who walked into the bookstall, collected a sack of gold, and and booked it, uh, not booked it, but left out of there. Um, and Alari successfully made a stealth check, natural 20 if I remember correctly, uh, to follow the woman. Um, and so I feel like at this point, um, Sprocket and Daz and Anon, I sort of feel like I understand where you guys are. Kess and Simeon, uh, you had a prolonged encounter at the bookstall. What are you doing next? You know that the party has sort of, uh, in fact, at, at this point, the party is pretty far away. So uh, because you were there for certainly another couple of minutes anyway. So, um, you know, if you think about two minutes of time, that's 20 rounds, uh, 30 feet per round, uh, normal movement kind of thing. So that that's a, they're significantly far away. So. I'm thinking that I may still be able to see um, Inan, the turtle, down this long alley. Do you think uh, so? Well, so I think that the... Because it's a straight shot yeah. from where I'm standing, as opposed so, to Simeon. Right, right. Well, so this uh, this alley does not extend for all the distance that it, that it's going to go to, right? So they basically uh, where the woman is walking, she's going to disappear off the left hand side of the map. Sprocket and Alari will have no problem following her. Um, that's going to be fine. I think we have kind of three groups of two that are kind of going on here. We've got the two that are following the woman. They're all good. We have you two. And then the next one I'm going to have to go ahead and resolve is kind of Daz and Anon, kind of where you guys are heading. Because, again, she's going to disappear off the left side of the map. So if you want to kind of continue to follow her, we're going to need stealth checks. So, um, but Kess and Simeon, knowing that you're probably a minute or two behind everybody else, 
what are your intentions? What are you trying to do next? I want to, and I haven't consulted Simeon just yet because he's still close to these two people who we had a slightly hostile encounter with. Yeah, exactly. They were very hostile. I want to rejoin the rest of the party, and I know which way the woman went because I saw. So um, You did. From where I am, I'm doing a quick scan to see whether any of the party are still in sight. And so that's okay. what's behind my question is, can I still see Enon sure. in the distance heading down the alley? He would certainly stand out. It's probably 600, you know, probably five or 600 feet away is the problem. So we will resolve that when I know specifically what they're doing. Sure. Um, Simeon, are you doing anything additional or are you just kind of milling about waiting uh, to see what Kess does or... I- my natural inclination would be to follow these two because they actually have the book. Okay. However, I'm not going to let Cass be by herself. So okay. I will sim- and I'm not articulating that information. So it basically, if Cass stays, I'll follow them and hope Cass will follow me. Okay. If Cass goes, then I will break off of them and yep. follow Cass. Okay. Let's do, let's talk to, to Daz and, and Anand then. So, uh, so knowing that the that you are kind of an alley beyond uh, the woman and Sprocket and Alari, um, how would you two continue to either follow them or uh, otherwise act uh, in the in the, the storefront here? I'm aware that I'm probably the least stealthy person out of everybody. Yep. Especially with the total. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the the thing is, I would be tempted to try and make some attempt to follow. I think okay. if hmm, you can if, certainly make your stealth check and see if you blend in, like that's totally fine. The thing is, it's not like I'm trying to hide from her. I guess it's more that I'm trying to make it seem like I'm just. It's coincidental that I'm going the same way. I don't know. If, yeah, I suppose that probably yeah. still would be kind of stealthy. I mean, I, I can. I guess I can give you your cho- your choice between stealth and deception. Yeah, that's deception that, that probably like deception better. Too. Yep. Yeah. Why don't you give why don't you give me deception then? That's really good. That's a twenty-one. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, so yeah, she uh she is does not seem to be giving two figs about the fact that you happen to be walking in the same direction. Um yeah. Anon, are you continuing to try to keep up with uh with Illidaz? I believe that I would Perhaps stick out more than most, so I've yes. decided to just trail along and just play the part of the uh, awestruck uh, traveler, just looking around as I try to keep people in sight. Uh, so if I fall behind, then that's uh, something I'm willing to accept. Okay, that's fine then. Uh, would you give me a deception check, also, please? Fourteen. Fourteen. Fabulous. Thank you. Okay, so uh, so Kess and Simeon. Um, this, we're going to check in with each other by eye. Yeah. And we've developed a pretty high level of trust. So if Simeon wants to give me some signal about what he feels would be the best plan, I'm going to follow his cue. I'm going to give her the your call. Okay. <laughs> So I think that this is an opportunity for some really fun role play. I'm not going to ask you to like make eyes at one another. However, if you are not speaking, I don't want you to tell me what you're doing, what, what message you're trying to imply with your eyes. I want you to tell me what you're physically doing with your face. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm just going to nod and uh, tilt my head in deference to Cass. So 
Are the two people hurriedly packing up their stall facing away from me? Yes. I'm going to cast dancing lights behind me in the shadow of the stall and okay. use uh, so a little uh, sign language here? with my dancing lights to say, okay. to say, let's let's investigate these this, these booksellers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, dancing lights is a cantrip, right? Mm-hmm. So are you physically spelling out the words "Let's investigate them"? I'm using bro sign language, which like I'm put using like an arrow pointing at the at the bookseller guys. Very right. very sneaky, uh, like a big neon arrow, like these guys. Right. Okay. Yeah, but Set you know, off. nobody else is watching. Right. No, totally. Um, I'm flexing. Uh, yeah, they are definitely way occupied uh, in getting their stuff together. So. Having relayed those messages back and forth to one another, what do you do? Um, I'm going to step out to where the pies were, uh, get pies, and then we're going to follow them when they leave. The booksellers already know that I'm with Simeon, so there's nothing to conceal, so I'll go join him. Okay, fabulous. Okay, after a few moments, uh, they get their things packed up, uh, and they leave in the same direction that... Alarai and the woman that she was following and Sprocket went to. Um, their pace is slower because they're carrying things, and uh, particularly the young man seems to be carrying a large satchel full of books, and so that that seems very heavy. Um, so I would need. Um, how are you? How are you following them? Are you trying to sneak and not be seen, or are you trying to deceive as if you are not really following? I have one question first. Which of them is carrying the small stack of very precious books? The, the, so the older gentleman is carrying a box. Uh, Simeon saw him putting the four or five remaining expensive books in the box. I'm super stealthing. Okay. I'm I'm going to be apart from her, but we're both headed in the same direction. Yep. So I will go for the deception. I so, have a dirty 20 for stealth. Okay, I like it. And my deception is poor, but hopefully that would uh, give her advantage because they would probably pick out me with my three. Or actually, my uh, three became a six. All right, so um, so Kess, you don't feel like you've been seen. As they're walking down the alley, you see the older gentleman walk up to um, uh, somebody in the armor of the city watch um, and speak in very hushed tones. Um, and the city watch uh, men turns his head uh, and looks in your direction, Simeon. And I will give him the nod of a cop on the job. Give me a deception roll. Oh, no, I am on the job. Persuasion. <laughs> Maybe. But I, I definitely... Right, I, yeah, this is my query. I know he's dirty. I'm following him. I'm a cop. All right. Perception. I, I will give you persuasion. That's going to be a 21 the old gentleman and the young man um, leave the city watchman and continue to walk by. Um, so you, if you are following them, you would basically walk right by the city watchman. Um, I will. And the city watchman under his breath as you walk by. Now, Cass, he's ignoring you altogether. So, like, I don't, I don't know where you're parkouring to, but he is not seeing you. He's, he is really occupied by Simeon. Uh, the city watchman will put his hand out uh, and basically you'll, like, walk, like, on your chest plate as you walk by. He's like, I don't know what your game is. We've got rules. Watch yourself. You know, take his hand away. Understood. 
And then I'll continue. Yeah, and he won't. He will not make any other uh, effort to stop you. Alari, I am going to need you to give me another. Um, so again, you were trying to be sneaky behind this woman, right? It was originally a stealth check, right? I'm trying to follow. You've been deceptive but in, since then, yeah. Yeah, deceptive since then is that like yep. if she stops and turns around, yep. Hopefully, she doesn't see me. Totally. Give me, please, a deception check at advantage, and that's reflecting of how well you are able to kind of keep from her vision at all. Uh, twenty six. Well, uh, yeah. As far as you can tell, she either does not give a crap about the fact that you're following her or does not realize that you're following her at all. Um, And you have rolled high enough uh, that the four people that are basically kind of in your cadre, she's got no idea. Again, she either doesn't care or has not noticed that she's being followed um, at all. Um, Simeon and Kess, um, you are hanging back uh, far enough that the, the two people that you're following are not wise to the fact that you are going there. Now, the woman and the two shopkeeps are going to the same place. So you see, uh, uh, again, Alari and Sprocket, since you're kind of at the front of this, you see the woman go into uh, a very small, rickety, shack-type building... How far back are you staying, or what are you doing in that regard? If she does, if she goes into a building, I'm going to kind of give it the side eye to try and and look at it without looking at it as I go by, and then I'm going to take probably a good ten to fifteen steps past and try and find an alley or something to duck into. Okay, uh, give me. Let's see. To go ahead and find an alley to duck into. Uh... How are you currently feeling about uh, about this little mini adventure that you've been on following her? Are you how how confident are you or uh, or or what? To describe your mental state. Alari feels pretty confident that she has not been noticed. Okay. How dangerous do you feel like what you're doing is? Moderately. Okay. Cool. Uh, give me then uh, to find an alleyway that would be perfect. Give me a uh, a perception check. Five. You find an alley. Yeah, you find an alley. You think it's you think it's fine. Um, Sprocket, uh, you're with her. Um, how do you feel about what you're currently doing? Um, Sprocket is probably seriously, seriously vibing off of the adrenaline rush going on from the danger right now. Because oh. um, it really helps him focus and brings like all of his scattered thoughts into like a laser focus of now. So he's probably super excited. His fair, his fear would help him cool. focus instead of being distracted and like focusing and, and like looking yeah. at everything around him. I like it. Give me an insight check, please. Twelve. Okay. You're not so sure that this is a good alley. Like it's a little too wide. It's a little too square. Uh, if if anybody looks out a window of this like shack, they might see you. You're not sure that this is a great alley. You're not sure that you've got a good alternative, but you're also kind of like, eh, this is so. Awesome. To be clear, did I see and understand why Alari is looking to duck into an alley? Uh, you definitely saw the woman go into the sh- go into a shack. Yeah, like basically she's like beelining towards this like shack like building, um, and. Uh, uh, Alari saw that, and she's trying to be sneaky and not like follow her directly into the building. Got you, but she looks obvious as hell right now. Uh, 
So she's still not being spotted. This just isn't a good place to hide if she doesn't want to be seen. That's more what the problem right. is. Like, okay, you know, and like, not that it's specifically dangerous and it looks like the kind right, of place exactly. cutthroats are about to jump out at her. Yeah, it's like you've got a choice to hide behind three trees and they're the only three trees in the field. Maybe you shouldn't be hiding behind the trees, right? Sprocket will just kind of saunter past her looking looking around at the different yep. things as though he's pretending, but they're not. he's not even seeing those things at this point. He's so focused on what's going on. And gives her the smallest down by his hip motion to follow him and walks right past the shop casually and looks for a better spot to observe. I love it. Give me a survival check. 16. Awesome. Uh, yeah, you feel like you are able to find kind of a better alley to duck into. It's a, it's a little less, you know, it gives you a really good vantage point. It's got like some crates and barrels at the end of it. And you can really kind of see uh, what the layout is. Uh, you feel like that's a little bit better. Um, Alari, do you follow it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. Give give me now again, give me another self-check then, please. And still at advantage. You, you're riding this pretty good. Well, I'm glad that's at advantage. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. That's the last one. Because <clears throat> again, you were like in an alley, and so now they want you want to try to get out of the alley without being seen. Seventeen. Cool. All right, excellent. You feel like you're able to get in without any problem. Within a few moments after uh, Sprocket and Alari, you see after you duck down the alley, you see um, Illidaz um, and uh, Anon. Um, Anon is standing out like a sore thumb. I mean, he is like you cannot hide a turtle. Just all it is to it. Um, you know, but he seems to be playing the part, just kind of like looking around, like, oh, I'm a turtle in the big city. Let's um he seems to be playing the part. Um what do you guys do? What kind of stalls are around us near where we've ducked? Or are we out Not, of the market completely? Yeah, you're out of the marketplace at this point. Yeah. Is there anything nearby that once stepping out of the alley could attempt to look casual while observing or checking out? Yeah, there sure is, um, because in this section of town, uh, so there are not, there are no longer um, like like stalls or anything like that. Um, you're in an area of Baldur's Gate known as Blackgate, um, and uh, Blackgate uh, again, full of ramshackle huts, flimsy tents. It's a really stark contrast to the rest of the city that you've seen. Um, uh, what you see here are like arms dealers who have like canes with swords hidden in them and um, punching punching daggers with poison blades, like illicit weapons. Um, or in the in the market that Good you're enough. in, you saw like fresh produce and stuff like that. Here, the lettuce is a little wilted and the oranges are a little soft. And the meat is a little gray, you know, that kind of thing. And there aren't many of them. They're really, like, spread out. So it's kind of, you see, like, some, like, outwardly illicit, like, you know, um, like, businesses. And also some places where it's, like, the fresh vegetables that were in the market two days ago are here. All right. So noticing the illicit weapons shop, Sprocket steps back out of the alley and uh, walks up to that little ramshackle shop yep. um, and picks out a pair of brass colored, regardless of what metal they're actually made of, um, brass knuckles with yep. sharp spikes on them and makes a show of, with his gauntlet that has the brass coming down it, 
how it might fit on it as though he's like puzzling it out and he makes a couple of notes. And while he's kind of like looking and measuring, he kind of points at where Al- Alari is yep. and then goes back to what he was doing. Awesome. Uh, give me, please. Uh, just give me a, just give me a D20 roll. You actually beat the check. So when you, do you put the, um, the brass or the air quotes, brass knuckles on? Not actually on because they wouldn't, I'm not looking at how to fit them onto the, my fingers into them. I'm instead kind of analyzing it and looking at it like if I cut off the back part of it or come up with some other mash fashion, how could I mesh this directly into the gauntlet? So as you pick it up, you actually think that they would fit over your fingers. So it just randomly pops into my brain like, wow, these would fit good right over the fingers. Yeah. And you were, you were, when you picked them up, you were sure that they would be too big. But now that you're holding them, like, man, they look like they would fit my knuckles exactly. Then I turn to the shopkeep and say, hmm, do you mind? Uh, holding my fingers in front of the holes. Sure. Don't and you I walk off them under my fingers. Um, and they fit like a glove. And you feel that familiar arcana tingle of something that would feel like it needed to attune to you to be used. Hmm. Do you take them off? I do. How much are these? 150, but you don't say where you got them from. 150, like one silver piece, 50 copper? Really? They're clearly simply a a set of metal knuckles. He blinks very rapidly as he says it. 150, and you don't say where you got them. 150 gold? Yes. Hmm. Could I interest you in the left incisor of a were-rat and if you refuse, I will tell them exactly where I got them. Uh, give me a persuasion check. Fifteen. You know, maybe if you had two of them, but not for just one. I do happen to have two, but I would have to request, before I could actually finish making this deal, I would have to request the opportunity to uh, spend at least the next few minutes. Give me a minute let me think about it. I, I, I need to examine them further. Do you mind if I uh, just take them around the corner here? I swear I won't go anywhere. Yes. Yes, I mind that significantly. Um, Illidaz, you see, uh, and and uh, Inan, you see Sprocket haggling with uh, a a vendor. Uh, Trying to trade teeth for breast knuckles. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Successfully, I may add. Um, I, I'm definitely concerned. Uh, who is this? What does this person look like who he's dealing with? The shopkeep. Um, yeah. He looks like uh he looks like rather yeah. than your majestic eagle Aarakocra, he looks like a vulture. He's like naked, right. like no no feathers from the neck up over his head. His body is covered with like black oily feathers with a couple of like white ones in random places. Uh his front his hands are like curved and vulturously like the nails are thick and black, and mm-hmm. he's not a nice-looking person. I'm definitely... If this guy tries to step to Sprocket, I know I'm ready to step in. But I'm going to see... Definitely watching from afar, letting him handle it yeah. himself. That, that's definitely not the impression that you get. You don't get the impression that this guy is stepping to Sprocket. You actually get the fact that he's kind of insulted that Sprocket just tried to walk off with the stuff. <laughs> well... Whether Sprocket's trying to play him or he's trying to play Sprocket, I'm I'm observing. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Sprocket, carry on. <laughs> I eyeball it. So no, you can't. Fine, I do. I have both. All right. How I'll about take... one tooth and half a blood sample? Half a blood sample? What? Fine. Here's both teeth. Uh, he'll take your two wear your two wear rat teeth, uh, and uh, give you the the air quotes brass knuckles. <laughs> I'd like to say it's been a pleasure doing business with you, but you really look like an unsavory sort of fellow. I'd strongly gave, recommend a different profession. And I walk off. Give me two teeth towards. for a magic item. Doesn't save me now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, Ildaz and, and, and Enon, uh, Sprocket walks away from the unsavory vendor. And I'm assuming, do you go back down the same alleyway that you came out of Sprocket? I'll look about a little bit first, not make it totally obvious. I've seen that they saw me by this yep. point, although I did get good and distracted by that deal. So it's only after yes, I'm done. Did. Yeah. That I noticed them watching me because all of my laser focus from before got eaten away by because my ears were twitching as I put that on. And then I will go back over to LRI to continue waiting to see how we choose to proceed. Okay. So you yeah. duck back down the alleyway. Um, Illidaz and Enon, do you follow them down the alleyway? Yes. Yeah, I definitely am still trying to have that air of, oh, I'm just wandering around. Totally. Like, yeah, I'm not really um, looking very focused on anything in particular. Perfect. Uh, the next people to kind of come up to the shack are the two people that worked at the bookstore. Um, and they walk into the shack uh, and you hear some tense conversation coming from inside. Uh, my my plan at this point, because I've seen where they've gone, is to really confront them. I don't think we're going to follow them now that they've got to the place where they're going to be anymore. Uh, yeah, because I mean, you, you you saw them go into their shack, and so when you mean confront them, like, how do you mean? Like, I'm gonna go into the shack. So, those of you in the alleyway, uh, Simeon walks up to the shack like he belongs there. Cass, you were with him. You know where Simeon is going. I am still, they have no idea I'm here. I want to be backup for Simeon, but not make it obvious immediately that I'm yep. here. So, uh, I am... Very close, as close as I can get without being seen and ready to intervene. I'm pretty fast. All right. Uh, Alari, you see Kess sneaking around and it seems pretty obvious that nobody else knows that she's there. Uh, I mean, everybody else in the party sees her, but like the the people that went into the shack don't don't see her. So, Um, so Simeon, as you approach the door, you certainly still hear um, that there is a commotion in the, in the, uh, in the, in the building. You're still going in. I'm going to just open the door and walk in. Okay. Simeon opens the door and walks in. Uh, There are two people sort of in the room immediately. You see a door kind of in front of you, a door off to the right. um, And the two people are like, hey, what are you doing here? Get out. I have to make this deal. (laughs) <laughs> how loud are you saying that like like loud enough for like anybody else in here to, to hear it kind of thing? everybody uh, anywhere around i am actually trying to be um loud i'm trying to be noticed so my party can hear what happened so if i stop talking they know something has gone down uh so the doorway in front of you opens and standing in that doorway is the older gentleman from the bookstore uh, and he points his finger at you and says, it's time 
to go. You have opened a door you shouldn't have opened. Time to go. I have to do this deal. You walked away, and I'm ready to find a way to pay you. We need the book. We've got to get there. I'll do whatever I have to do to make sure we get you your payment. He raises his hand and squeezes his hand together like he's telling you to be quiet, and I need you to make a wisdom save. That's not a good thing. That's really not a good thing. <laughs> how, 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 ba- how bad was it? As bad as it could mathematically get, plus two. Was it so I'm at a three. Was it, you rolled a natural one? I, I certainly did. I need you to roll a d6. That's going to be a four. Awesome. Okay, cool. So it's not as bad as it could have been. Um, you're asleep. <laughs> I don't do that. I'm, uh, or at least I get resistance to that. That would be our oh, advantage okay. to that because I'm I'm a half elf. Roll it again then. Roll, roll your wisdom save again. Yeah, it's not significantly better. Nine. <laughs> Still not good enough. So basically what happens is so he storms in. You hear him say that he needs to go ahead and make this deal. You hear a commotion on the inside. He falls. So he kind of slumps to his right um, and the door closes. Before we go any further... I need you all to roll initiative. Kiss doesn't even roll initiative before running in there. Well, that's fine. Kess's player needs to roll initiative before she. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, Kess's player rolled um, a nat twenty. Ooh, okay. Plus five. Sprocket kicked ass this time with a twenty-two. What at nineteen for Alari. Awesome. Whenever Simeon wakes up, he'll be at a twenty-three. Uh, <laughs> Illidaz is, as usual, failing at dexterity and only got a five. <laughs> Doesn't being unconscious automatically put you at the bottom? But yeah, like he's not going to be able to move for quite a while. <laughs> I know, I was kidding. Inan uh, rolls a 19. A 19. Poor, poor Illidaz. <laughs> it's just, he's, 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 he, dexterity is not his thing, and that's fine. <laughs> he's fast in spirit. Uh, so, Kess, you go storming up to the door. So, uh, at this moment, the door is closed, correct? The door the door was closed, exactly. Yep. Well, that doesn't stop Kess. Kess walks up to the door and side thrust kicks it open. Yep, that's fine. You can certainly do that. You can open the door uh, within your action. Uh, it'll take your, your movement to get there and your action to open the door. Uh, but you'll be out of movement by the time you get there. You open the door and you see two people on the inside uh, and a closed door in front of you and a closed door to your right. No sign of Simeon. So um, I don't see Simeon. I see two people. You do. And you're saying I'm out of movement? I have 40 feet. Was I really 40 feet away? I mean, that's, I would say that the alley was probably 40 feet away. All right. Yep. I'll put Uh, you right inside the door. All right. So I'm going to holler over my shoulder. I can't see Simeon. And I'm going to ask them, what the hell is going on in here? What the hell's going on in here is right. Get the hell out. I'm afraid that won't be possible. Fine. Uh, It is. You know what? I will let you. uh, You are within range of one of the people in this room if you want to make an attack. Um, If it's okay with you, we could call side thrust kicking the door my bonus action, and I can now make an attack with my staff. I'm totally Okay, so... The woman to the right of me um, menacingly spin my staff and um, 
actually wrap it around her and immobilize her without doing her any damage because I want them to know I mean business, but it's really up to them whether we start a fight here. So she's, I would, if this is successful, I'd pin her arms to her side, but not actually damage her. And that would be a uh, 26 to hit. Yeah, that will definitely do it. And so you wrap her basically in your three-part staff? Yeah, and I'm, I mean business. Tell me where he is. Your friend opened the wrong door. We told him to get out of here. He didn't listen to, he didn't listen. Now I'm telling you to give him to me. Simeon, you are asleep. Would you please, uh, uh, you've got 30 feet of movement, right? Uh, Sprocket, I believe, caps out at 25. Gotcha. You would okay, like so- to try to cut the angle as opposed to crossing the street straight across yep. the front of this building to get parallel to the door so he can see in it because he knows he can't get in there this round. Yeah, you can see in it, but you won't be able to get in until next round. Yep, that's fine. But if Any, any other actions you want to take this round? If what I see is Kess holding somebody and no other, but not attacking them and no other current violence going on, then Sprocket will ready an action if he can position himself so he can see one or both of the other two. He will ready an action to cast Electric Bolt at either any people that he sees attack Kess. Uh, okay, sounds good. Alori. Um, she's going to run up yep. and along the alley that she was in before. Are there any windows? Well, I'm not going to run along it. I'm going to stop at the entrance of it. Is there any windows? Uh, any windows on the front of the shack here? Or to the on the side of it? Uh, was, was that alley before alongside that shack? Uh, it was kind of like across the street from it, right? So it took basically that's why it took uh, cast so much movement to kind of get in there, right? Um, right. And so uh, the shacks in this part of town are abutting each other, so there's no way to kind of get off to okay. like the, you can't get like off to the left or the right of the building here. Uh, the only and the only there's no windows on the front. The only thing that you see is the open door. Cast with her three part staff wrapped around a person uh, in the living room, and there's definitely a shouting match going on. So you um, can definitely make a, you could make a ranged attack, but you can't get all the way there uh, in movement with one round. Right. Uh, I'm gonna kick. Is the door? The door's open now, though. The door's open right now. Yep. And you're all about right. maybe five. You're, I'm you, still standing you know, in like the doorway. So if you wanted to make a ranged attack, you could do so. It would be at cover and disadvantage. So, but it is possible. Like you can see a line. You can see. You can see this woman with Kessa's three part staff wrapped around her, basically immobilizing her. Okay. Um, I'm going to shoot the guy directly across from me. Okay. Right. And I'm going um, to yell at him, where is he? All right. Uh, shoot, again, so this is, there's a table in the way, so it's cover, um, so uh, it's at disadvantage. I've rolled the same thing twice. Uh, where is my bow? Where did my bow go? There it is. 23. Cool. Uh, that hits. Um... As Alari is rolling damage, Kess is going to say coolly to the guy, I told you we meant business. That's an eight damage. The arrow kind of pierces his left his left breast, um, and he shifts from human form. His face elongates uh, into like the face of a jackal, and his teeth uh, get sharp. Uh, and his, his shoulders hunch, and his his four hands become animalistic and uh, and furry. Uh, and he pulls the arrow out of his chest and points it you cast and says, "We mean business too. Get out." <laughs> Next would be uh, Inan. Understood. I'll make my way towards the door, but try not to block the path to it. 
Um, next would be oh, uh, one of the bad guys. Um, inside the shack, uh, you hear a door open and close, but it's within. It's beyond the closed door, and so you can't see kind of uh, what happened. That's not good for me. Uh, so the first thing is um, the the bad guy that you've got wrapped up, Kess, um, is going to try to break free. So out of the three parts, that's probably like a strength check. So uh, let's see. That's a 13. Does that defeat your strength? The natural right. fire of Kess wants to say no, but the mm. fact of the numbers is yes. Okay. Uh, so she is able to work her way out of uh, out of the the bondage from uh, from your staff. Um, Feeling her work her way through free, I am spinning her out and holding my staff. Yep, that's fine. She won't be able to react. Yeah, she won't be able to react this turn because she's because of all that. Um, Sprocket, I know you were holding your action. She has broken free from from Kess. Are you taking your action? My hold was. Uh was my uh, ready to action was specifically to attack anyone who attacked yep. Cass. So based on the way that I phrased it, unless someone attacks her, I'm not doing anything. Cool. Okay. Well, she's about to get attacked. So you can, uh, you once they're taking aggressive out. action, then yes, I would. Yep. Yep. Uh, this guy will move into the doorway. So again, now in the doorway, you see, uh, basically, um, there's only one way to describe them. It's a, it's a werewolf jackal. How many people and are on the street at this point? Has the noise and now a werewolf jackal standing in an open doorway caused the crowd to panic and split? You'd be surprised. So out in this part of town, there is much less crowd. Like you, you're basically in the really impoverished, rundown, shantytown part of the city. And so the people that are here are here to buy illicit drugs, buy illicit weapons, um, do things they're not supposed to, um, or can't afford to live anywhere else, right? Um, so it's kind of that part of town. Uh, there's a lot of commotion, but there's commotion here all the time. Like there's a lot of crime. There's you know where there is a distinct presence of the city watch in the wait. Um, there is not a pronounced city watch presence here. So fair enough. Um, yep. Then what Sprocket's going to do is right outside the door on the right. Yep. Kind of in that diagonal space that would make a line. He's pretty sure he sees he sees a bucket just beside the building. And uh, sure. he's going to wrap his tuning fork on the lodestone, uh -huh. uh, creating the vibration with the creaking and uh, general noise and groaning of timbers and siege equipment gesture in that direction with the tuning fork and in little lines of light the schematic of a catapult will appear and shoot that bucket in a line directly from that diagonal space that would go straight through the two of them and hit the wall if they both dodge cool and I they like both it. have a dex check versus 14 uh both of them fail um how much damage does that do only to the first one because that will stop its movement yep 11 <laughs> okay um the bucket hits him upside the head and his head tilts at a weird sickening angle uh and he falls over so um Cass says to his down body now who means business <laughs> i love the smack talk that's fabulous <laughs> fabulous so and then sprocket will yell give us back our foppish dude 
<laughs> Daz, it is your turn. Uh, you can make it almost to the doorway, enough for ranged weapons to go ahead and take aim at the one person that you can see in the room right now, um, if you'd like, uh, or... Um, I think uh, I'm going to just move as far forward as I can, shield up, yep. just in case anything comes flying out of the door. Cool, I like it. Um, um, okay. And whoever is within range, I will now cast Bless on them. I mean, basically everybody is kind of in range right now. Um, <laughs> what is the range on Bless? Is it... 30 like, feet. What, 30 feet, yeah. Anybody that you choose is in, is in range, so... Okay. Well, Simeon's a little bit out of action right now, so I think I'll go Kess, uh, Sprocket, and Alarai. Yep. Um, yeah, thank you. Simeon's not. That's true. <laughs> uh, and that means that you can... If you make an attack roll or a saving throw, uh, you can add an extra d4. And that's for the next minute or until I break concentration. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, so I will, we'll be in rounds, so I will keep track. Uh, I will put up a counter uh, about how many rounds have gone by. So we are at round 10. So cool. Okay, uh, we are back at the top of initiative, and Cass, your turn. All right. Cass is now going to go medieval on the. Actually, um, I think I'm more concerned to rescue Simeon. Okay. Than to, because there's people behind me who can take care of yep. um, the person in front of me. Okay. So I am going to spend a key point to disengage from her so that I can get past her without her attacking me. I like it. And um, rush up to the next door in front of me. Yeah. Side side thrust, kick it open. I like it. Yep, no, I was going to say, and so when you open the door, you see Simeon and three of those were jackal types, um, and one is, uh, is bigger and wearing the same hood that you saw on the woman that went to the bookstore. All right. So I'm going to yell back behind me, lots of werewolves. I am going to attack the nearest one. Okay. The nearest one is right in front of you, so go ahead. Okay, so I've, I've got my stick with the iron elbows, so I can I like crash it. him with it. I like it. It's all style and no substance this turn. I only rolled a 10 to hit. Okay, that will miss. All right, So I've and I've used my bonus action kicking open to the kick door. To kick open the door. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Um, do uh, I, I think I want a flurry of blows, because I don't want another werewolf fight. I think it's time okay. to spend a key point on a flurry of blows so that I can okay. make some more unarmed strikes. Okay. All right. So I'm going to unleash my hands for the first time. I like it. Right? Bring it on. All right. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to see if I can stop his heart with two palm heels for the chest. Whoa. Two 18s to hit, which is 25 to hit twice. Uh, that will hit. Both hit. Okay. And then for the actual unarmed strikes, this is... Six damage and a seven damage. Yeah, so you, you know, use it like a punching bag. Um, and he def he takes it, but he seems angry, but not down. Uh, Simeon, you still cannot take action, so is Sprocket. Well, at this point, with 25 feet of movement, Sprocket should be able to move into the doorway, correct? You can, absolutely, yep. And you can move right. um, within two, like, you're only, like, 10 feet away from the doorway, so you can get two squares away from uh from the doorway here's my ask i'm not trying to move within her really melee range i am not a melee-er 
Yep. My question is, can I be literally in the door frame? It's kind of straddling two spaces, but I'm small and off yep. to one side, leaving room for my party to move through so yep. that I'm not in direct melee range with her. And then I will I move off to this drag way. my tuning fork down my copper rods and yep. uh, give her an electric bolt. Give me a dexterity check first to see if you can kind of skirt through her ra- her attack range. Fair enough. I have clearly failed it. Stumbled <laughs> on my way okay. through the doorway yep. easily within her attack of opportunity range with a yep. five. Yep. Then staggered back and shot an electric yep. bolt at her. Um, so as you pass by her, um, she uh, swings with a scimitar uh, at a natural 20. Ouch. So you ah. take... Uh, nine points of damage. Slashing. Fair enough. Um, but you are successfully in the square that you want to be in, so you can still take your action. Yeah, and now I shoot an electric bolt. An electric bolt. And then he drags his tuning fork down the two copper rods on his right forearm and shoots electrical energy right in her face. Okay. Uh, with a nine to hit. Uh, will not hit. Unfortunately, this whole thing did not go as he planned. He's a little off balance and kind of staggering backwards. Did you add your D4 from Bless? Hell no, I didn't. Hang on a second. I don't know if it will make a difference, but it's worth trying. We'll find out. Maybe maybe 13 will do it. I forgot that too, but I'm just going to not ask you to write Yeah, I I mean, you nailed your attacks, so I I didn't think to mention it. How about an 11? An 11 will not. All right. Well, thanks for the... Attempted save. Is worth a try. And dude, bless is amazing. So I greatly appreciate it, even though I still missed. <laughs> All right. Uh, next on our list is uh, Alorai. Again, Alorai, you can move into the room. You know, you you saw... Uh, actually, I guess she can only make one, one attack of opportunity a turn. So that's... Uh, yeah, she can only make one a turn. So you're fine. Right. I want to shoot the chick now behind Cass. Okay, cool. Well, this map really needs to be bigger. <laughs> that's the yeah. That's the I'm like, line. I'm not sure exactly where I'm at, yeah. but yeah, uh, I knew you guys would have my back within within range. Yeah, you're within range, so that's fine. 19 to so, hit. Uh, 19 will hit, and that is nine damage. Fabulous. Okay. And I would like to take if I can do like a bonus. If this could be like a bonus action, I would take a like to take a good long hard look at the guy that I shot earlier, who's on the floor dead. Okay, take a good long look at him. Make an okay. investigation check. Or a perception check. Perception check. That's only a six. Okay, write that down. Okay. Uh, next, Inan. Again, you can move into the room if you so choose. How would you like to uh, how would you like to move? Moving into the room, where would that place be? I'd move behind Cass and then engage the uh, enemy. Okay. Alright, roll your attack. I'm gonna use a shopping uh, shocking grasp. Love it. For an eight. Okay. Yep, that does not hit. Uh, okay. Um, Alora, you've already gone. Anon, you've already gone. Uh, next is uh, our friend here. I am not sure she is my friend. <laughs> um, She's definitely and, not my friend. Um, all right. Uh, Kess, I would like you to make... Uh, 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 to hit, that is a 14 on you, Kess. Does not hit. Does not hit. Okay. Um, so, uh, from beyond the doorway, um, you see, uh, a, this beam of energy that looks like, um, like, uh, a wolf's head on the end of, like, uh, a, like a green bolt, and it, it, 
lunges at you and bites at you, but but misses you and kind of crashes into the wall like beyond sprocket there. So, um, so because others can't see past me, I comment over my shoulder to Enon. Great magic wolves. A lair action happens, and I need a dexterity saving throw from everybody. Uh, and I need to know if any of you roll under a seven. Dirty 20. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Anon rolls a 16. 16? 19. Okay. 17. Rock on. I rolled um, only a two, but my buff and my dex of five bring me to an eight. Oof. That's probably the lowest dex you'll Good get call. from me nice. yeah. that, this entire series. Totally. That's the only way it could have been lower is if you'd critically failed. So fabulous. Um, the the uh, it feels like the entire building basically starts to shake. Uh, but you guys all maintain your balance. So fantastic. The bad guys will go. Um, all right. So Kess, you've got uh, an attack coming from uh, the guy that was was initially in front of you. He now looks like a werejackal, uh, much like how in human form he had gray hair and a big gray beard. Uh, his fur is grayer than the others, but uh, he is still attacking you with his scimitar. Uh, and that is a, uh, 23. That is going to land. Okay. I'm spinning my staff, but his scimitar, um, gets through. Yep. Uh, he only hits you for three points of damage. Um, the one now immediately in front of you, uh, with my haircut, uh, also attacks you with scimitar. That's a 20, a dirty 20. Mm -hmm, That hits. Okay. And that will hit for three points of damage. I rolled two ones on the damage so far, so this is good. Um, and then, very good. Uh, and then um, Inan, the one that is in front of you, will attack. Uh, f- that's only a six, and I'm assuming that does not beat your AC. Correct. Okay, fabulous. Uh, they're done. So, uh, that is that. Daz, you are able to move into the room. Uh, what Your movement is 30, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so within the into the room and within two squares of the uh, of the front door. Is there any chance I can hop over this table that's right here so that I can be on the other side of this grey bearded uh, jackal character? Uh, so with two squares from the front door, you could be on. Basically, you could kick over the table and be in that square. But that's as far as you yeah. Can. Yep, that's definitely what I'm doing. Cool. Kick it at one of the jackals, please. <laughs> yeah, kick it at this guy with the grey beard. Yep. Cool. Um, and if that's, if, if kicking over the table can count as an object interaction. <laughs> yeah, it's an, it's an object interaction. That's fine. Yep. Then I will, um, lunge at this guy with my long sword. Okay. The guy ahead of me. Cool. Roll your tech. That is a 18. Uh, that will hit. Nice. Okay. And that's 11 damage. Uh, a serious cut uh, down his torso, uh, and he roars at you. Uh, fabulous. Uh, okay, that is the end of that round. I'm going to move my ticker. Okay. Uh, Kess. Time for Kess to kick ass. I like it. All right, so Kess is going to... Kess is now spinning the staff in a, in a sideways butterfly pattern, and... Kess kind of feels a grudge against 
this uh, woman diagonally in front of her to the left. So it's going yep. to do the three section attack, staff attack on her. Okay. That's um, 15 to hit. That will miss. Damn it. Yep. Well, I hope it at least frightened her. She does not seem frightened. Did you include your bless on that attack? I did. Okay. It was a low roll. I had so many high rolls earlier. All right, right, so now I'm going to do a flying sidekick at her. 28 to hit. That will hit. All right. I like that. The damage on that is another seven. And now, because, you know, I really don't feel like being bitten again, I'm going to do another flurry of blows with my second key point on the guy right in front of me. Okay. I like it. And for that, I have a 17 to hit and a ridiculous 24 to hit. Uh, the 24 will hit the seven. Uh, the, sorry, the 17 and the 24 will both hit. I forgot okay. Who Excellent. And then the damage on those for one of them, it is nine, and for the other, it is six. Uh, okay. He is badly, badly injured. I told you, give me Simeon yep. back. <laughs> um, Simeon, please make a constitution save. There's a lot of commotion going on right now. Uh, that's going to be a 16. Ooh, just barely. You uh, you start to wake up. Uh, next round, you will be able to uh, take actions. Okay. Um, what's up? I'm going to do my best to play dead at this moment, hoping I'm yep. not yeah, noticed. Yeah, like you're just starting to rouse. Exactly, yeah. Yep, totally fine. Okay, uh, Sprocket. So, Sprocket's all about math. Do either of them look specifically more injured? Yep. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's kind of a potato-potato situation then. They're kind of both cool. in the then same it situation. Then he wouldn't split his focus if he couldn't tell at first glance, and he'd stay yep. focused on her. And he'll uh, drag another lightning bolt out of his gut or electric bolt out of his gauntlet and send it her okay. way. Okay. 21. That will hit. Or eight damage. Uh, that injures her very, very badly. She kind of stumbles against the back wall, but does not fall. Uh, Alarai. Um, so, so Alara, you're still in, you're still like just outside the building and you're still, uh, she's, she's within weapon range. So if you, uh, and she took a wicked shot just now with a lightning bolt. So I'm going to shoot her. I have a nine to hit. You miss. Um, for my movement, I would like to run into the house against that doorway that looks like it's to the kitchen. Uh, off to the right here. Yep. Right in the yep, middle. So. Yep. Um, so you can get partially there. Uh, you were closer to the door, if I remember correctly. So, because it's a whole other round, um, you would be able to get four squares into the room, uh, but you wouldn't be able to get all the way to the door. You could get like to the door, but you wouldn't be able to open it and move through. Okay. I will go right there on the other side of my paladin friend. All right. She will get an attack of opportunity on you as you run by. Uh, oh, there's not somebody within five feet of her. Uh, that is a 15 to hit with her scimitar. 15 misses. Okay. Just. Yep. She swings with her scimitar as you go by, but misses you. And I would like, if, if you'll, if I can, can I put away my bow and pull out my sword and, and a dagger? Okay. That's fine. No problem there. Um, okay. Inan, you are within melee range of two of the bad guys. Inan will try to use shocking grasp again on the, uh, okay. the man Make your attack roll. And that would be a 24. That will hit. Um, and she will perish, so please explain how she perishes. 
As she stumbled back to the wall, I grasp her hands and transfer the the electrical energy from myself to her and hold on to her as I see the light leave her body and lay her against the wall. Yeah, Yeah, jackal jerky on the wall there. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, Okay. Um, Simeon, uh, you see, uh, so actually, uh, I mean, of course you see this cause you're, you're there. Um, Kess, uh, I would like you please to make me a wisdom save. And is this a magic attack? Cause I have advantage against being charmed and magic can't put me to sleep. I believe the answer to that question is yes. It is a magical slumber. <laughs> ignore the, dis- ignore it. All right. I'm just shaking it off. Cool. All right. Um, that's fine. Uh, she'll stay there. That's fine. Um, and then the other bad guys, uh, get to go next. Um, uh, Illidaz, I need the wisdom save, uh, Anon and Illidaz, uh, and Sprocket. I need wisdom saves from the three of you because there are three bad guys that can see you. Okay. They all go at initiative level 11 now, so... Nine for Anon. Okay. That's only a five for Melodas. Uh-huh. And Sprocket? Ten. Ten. Um, you f- you definitely feel like something happened to you, but you are not put to sleep. Uh, Illidaz and Inan, uh, you slump over. And I'm guessing that breaks my concentration as well. Oh, yeah. Sorry, gang. Cool. And uh, Illidaz, uh, you would get to go next, but you're asleep. So... Kess, you heard two slumps behind you, um, and you see that both uh, Enon and Illidaz um, are are snuggling on the floor behind you. (laughs) Top of the next round. Uh, And uh, so, Daz, actually, you lost Bless, didn't you? Yep. Bless is gone. Yeah, everyone should have lost Bless, because I'm asleep. Yep. Yep. And I'm glad Simeon's waking up, because I'm out of key points, too. Uh, am I going on the initiative I rolled originally? Or you will go on I... the you will go on the initiative that you rolled originally. Yes. Okay, so I was twenty three. You no, you were twenty two. Oh, oh Simeon was twenty three. You're right. Thank you. Cass is twenty five. So Cass, okay. it's your turn. Yeah. All right. So Cass is attacking the boss first. Okay. With another another um, black dragon, two sections of the staff, big swing around like a flail, and that would be twenty six to hit. Oof, yes. And um, 11 damage. And then she's going to pull a roundhouse kick to the jaw on the guy right in front of her. I like it. Because we haven't had one of those yet. (laughs) That's only 13 to hit, though. Does that Uh, hit him? That's successful. That will hit. Excellent. So he's going to take seven damage. That's fine. And he he collapses. Now, um, I'm four foot tall. Mm Mm-hmm. Am I significantly um, making it difficult for people behind me to shoot? Oh, I can't move yet because the old guy isn't dead. Um, right. I don't want to provoke you, an you attack could, of you opportunity. Spend your, so. If you have any key left, you can disengage, but yeah, correct. I don't have any key left. Okay. I can move forward one space without de- disengaging. Yep. But that, okay. um, then I'm engaged with three at once. Hmm. Yep. Tactically, I think, uh, so I'm not blocking anyone from shooting at this point. I mean, Nobody has tried to shoot Simeon yet, so. Ouch. I'm going to stay where I am because the only people who are awake are not blocked by me from attacking. Fair enough. 
Okay. Uh, next then would be Simeon. Assuming my weapons are still with me and they didn't have time to get rid of them. They did not have time to get rid of them. Then I will draw my blades as a two-weapon fighter can, and I will attack the woman. Okay. 24. That will hit. 10 slashing with uh, Celestria. Okay. And my second one, 21. I hit. Uh, also 10 slashing with okay. Infernalisa. Absolutely. Um, as you hit her and she is surprised, um, she points her finger at you um, and uh much like the other spell that she casts, which had this long green blade with a wolf's head on the end of it, um, a circle of those tendrils spring out of the floor and start snapping at you. Uh, I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Five. That's a uh, natural one. Uh, I need you, please, to roll a d6. Is that the five? Yeah, that's how I get to a five. I have plus four to my dex. But, got it, got it. Um, I, need a, I need a d6 roll, please. That's a three. Okay, cool. You did not get the worst effect. Um, she is casting Hellish Rebuke at uh, uh, at uh, second level. Uh, so that's going to be 3d6, uh, 3d10 worth of damage. 12 points of damage. I'm assuming fire damage. Yeah, fire damage. Ah! So he erupts in green flames as she like hisses at him. Uh, Sprocket. Sprocketopolis. He steps forward to right between them. He hits Illidaz as lightly as he can with his light hammer <laughs> as his main attack. Wake up! <laughs> uh, a cattle prod? Did you just cattle prod him? <laughs> a little bit. I need a constitution save. Okay. For me? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. See if that wakes you up. I've got, I've got good calm. Uh, that's a um, seventeen. Yeah, cool. Uh, you just you just got hit with a hammer. <laughs> you want me to roll damage for my light hammer, or did uh, I successfully pull it? Uh, set, usually a sleep effect will wake with damage, which Sprocket knows because yep. he studied magic. So I would assume <laughs> I have to do some damage. Roll roll an attack roll uh, versus his constitution and see what happens. Uh, I got a six, uh, 14, I'm sorry, already on my attack roll. Okay, cool. So your attack roll, uh, right, so the attack roll did not meet his constitution. So yes, Illidaz, you take three points of damage, which is a goofy, wacky mechanic I just came up with on the fly. So, you know. We're going to yeah, stick you with whack, your three instead of what I rolled. <laughs> then for my bonus attack, I'm going to uh, punch Enon on my other side. Rock on. And one of his exposed limbs, because he'll never feel it through my through a shell. So, you're, so punch him first. Roll, An arm strike roll. of six. I think I failed. Oh, okay. Yeah, Enon, roll your constitution save, please. Yeah. 19. Okay, so, yeah, Sprocket, you are not able to do enough damage on his shell to wake him up. Um, Regardless, I got one more yeah. person up and, and yeah. in the fight again. Um, uh, yeah, he will be able to, so um, you won't wake up this round. I'm going to do the same thing I did with, with, uh, with Simeon earlier. Uh, Inan, you're not going to wake up this round. Next round, you will be able to, to respond. So. Understood. Yep. Okay. Uh, anything else for you, Sprocket? No, that was both of... That was an, uh, an action and a bonus action, so... Cool. 
Um, unless you need to move me to clear up the space, I have movement left. I'm just gonna I don't think I needed to move scoot, into the old guy's range for that, yeah. so I could scoot back one without yeah. an attack of opportunity. Okay, Alarai. Because I am, this is my first time playing a rogue this far and fighting, I've been missing doing sneak attacks. So because that bearded dude, beardy guy, is in combat range of my buddy there on the other side, I'm going to use sneak attack and, <laughs> and attack him with my sword and my dagger. Yeah. All right, do it up. I missed with one, I'm fairly certain, with a nine. Or no, that's actually an 11. I still missed, rather. Okay, and the other is a 17. Mm -hmm. um, that will hit. Okay, so I'm going to add my sneak attack damage to that. Yep. What is that? And that's eight. Eight uh, damage. Plenty. Okay. Sometimes eight is enough. <laughs> mm, good TV show. Uh, Inan. Oh, that's right. You're, Inan, you're, you are starting to rouse, but you are not awake yet. Okay. I, I would like to move up to that space that guy was in, and then that would be it. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, Corvala is very mad at you, Simeon. Uh, she is going to uh, slash at you with her scimitar because uh, she likes the poetry of it. Uh, that's a natural 20. Where she will hit you for... <laughs> 13 points of damage. I catch the blade in my side and I wince as I fall over onto the floor. Excellent. Uh, oh! You killed... You killed Simeon! She kicks the door closed uh, in your face, Kess. Um, give me, please... I'm going to ask for a contested dexterity save to see, similar mechanic that we used earlier, to see if you get the attack of opportunity on her anyway. Oh, yeah. You think she? I'm going to let her keep oh. that door closed? You're right, wrong. Exactly. Uh, and especially given the four she just rolled on her dexterity, you're not going to let her close the door. So I get that. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's right. If it's more than four, but that's as long as it's not, a, you know, as long as it's not a one, basically, you're okay, right? It's um, 16. Okay, so she tries to close the door. You I kick right it open there. again. Kick it open again. Uh, uh, roll your attack to see if you can catch her. I'm going to overhead flail on her. Okay, I like it. 21 to hit. Oof, it'll hit. And that is nine damage. Uh, okay. Uh... Um, yeah, you, you hit her. So she kicks the door closed in your face. You kick it back open uh, and flail uh, around the door as she's on the other side of it. Um, Simeon, uh, as, your, as the world begins to close and the world goes black a little bit, all you see is one section of Kess's three-section staff wrap around the door and hit her hit the, the where Jackal in front of you in the temple uh, and and knocks on the door. Um, and she hangs there for a second with this surprised look on her face uh, and falls uh, to, to the floor in a crumple uh, as your world goes dark. As I'm fading out, that's my friend. <laughs> and Kess says, this is what we call the cost of doing business. The young looking jackal that's in the room quickly shifts back to human form uh, and puts his hand up in front of me. Like, like I, I can help. I can help. Look, I was helpful when you came to the store. 
I'll look. I'll, I'll sell you the book. It's fine. give me the dagger. I don't care. How do you propose to help me? Why don't you just give me that book? But, but we but we need the money. For what? I suppose Corvallo's dead now. We don't. You have a point. We needed we needed money for a ritual. You know what? Do you know what priests get in this town? What do they get? Money. Lots of money. I've noticed. Fine. Take. Take the books. Take the books. There, um, Zan put the crate uh, in the in the back room, and he points over his shoulder uh, through the door directly behind him. Are we still in initiative right now? Sorry, uh, no. He no. is. He is at this point resigning. So. <laughs> whilst whilst this very kind of like quiet negotiation is happening, I'm definitely pushing past Kess to be like, Simeon, no." And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lay on hands again. That's great. Back up. So, and I'll step forward, and I'm saying to him. So I'm negotiating with him. I'm directly north of Alari. Thank you. And so I say to him through my gritted teeth, the book's for your life if you tell me what's going on. Thank you, Kaz. That's five five points for you. Rocket has to come up and clasp Simeon's arm, thankful that his comrade is alive, looking slightly concerned, even though he tends to give him a hard time. Sorry, he was kind of ignoring the boy and Kaz. Kaz is on it. I'm looking menacingly at the boy, waiting for his reply. Uh, 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 and he 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 points to Corvala's body, which is basically underneath Illidaz at this point, um, and says, "She's she's got the keys. She's got the keys to the real books. What real books? You know the real books. Explain. It's it's complicated. Uh, look, she came up with this with this idea to to." Look, Corvallo's the one that understands the ritual to make the books into the Gingwinsums. That's we needed to preserve the books for Nidalia. That's what she, it was her commandment. So you still have all the real books that you yeah, turned into Gingwinsums. She's got the keys. She's got the keys. And where's the box of real books? Uh, I don't. She's she hid that. I don't know. But I know that she's got. I know she's got the keys because I, I I touched the key ring once and she almost bit my head off. Try harder, kid. Where do you think the box is? Who's Nadalia? Yeah, well, I, he heard Simeon. He's just ignoring the question because um, you know the drow with the three quarter staff that just killed his boss is in his face. Um, uh, yes, heard. Maybe maybe downstairs in the like. There's like a cubby downstairs, but I, I don't. I don't even know how to get into it. Look, I'm only a kid. I don't know anything. I was a smart kid once. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm smart. I'm telling you, she's got the keys, and I want to get the hell out of here. Why do you need to get the hell out of here? Because you guys just killed my entire pack. I'm trying to negotiate with the terrorists. I just want to go. After Simeon spoke for the second time, some of the worry fades from Sprocket's eyes, and as the adrenaline begins to leave his body, his hands are shaking slightly, but he moves over towards Kess and the boy having keyed in, saying, What's again, Winsome? You know, the hungry books. Tell us who Nadalia is. Corvala was sort of a, a zealot. Nadalia was this entity that she she worked for it's how she got her power and then made the rest of us so she made you out of an ordinary boy it wasn't like involuntary she asked 
Why did you say yes? Because Nadalia gives. Gives you what? I mean, I turned into a jackal. That's pretty cool. No, it's yeah, not. You did, all, <laughs> you did all kinds of evil things. That's the what opposite of cool. N- name one evil thing that I've done. Your books killed people. You cheated people? The word was. Well, wait, did they feed them? They didn't know what they were. They thought yeah. they were books. Who, who thinks to feed a book? So Boy. how are you supposed to care and feed for these books? Feed and care for these books. Boy, in case you're confused, I'm not sure if you realize, but your zealot was creating these monstrosities and selling them deliberately to people on the way to Candlekeep as an attack. This wasn't random. There were no instructions. It was deliberate. There was a plot. Are you trying to tell us that you're not part of it? We needed to keep the books for Nadalia. Nadalia wanted the books, but we needed the money to bring Nadalia back. It is called murder. I'm going to, I think everyone is kind of like stood over this young boy. And I think Daz is going to step forward and kneel down and grab him by the shoulders and say, I need you to understand you've been manipulated and misunderstood. And what's clear is you don't know what's been going on any more than we do, which is very clear. And I know you're just a kid. And we're not here to hurt you, even though, you know, what evidence may suggest. <laughs> and he kind of looks at all these bodies. <laughs> and Kess looks menacingly at the boy. Yeah. My friends But here, in a manner that is sympathetic to your attempt to be good cop. Uh, the thing is, my friends just want to stop people getting hurt. And I'm sure you do too. You don't want anybody to get hurt. I don't you... want me to get hurt. That's what I want right now. Okay. Well, yeah. We're, we're all in the start. same boat then. Uh, Alora and Enon, uh, I need, please, a perception check. Am I still asleep? Uh, you are now awake. Nine. Sixteen. Alora, you're so kind of, uh, in fact, I'm going to move you into this room a little bit because you're like co- totally captivated by what's going on in this room. Enon, um, uh, a floorboard creaks behind you and someone is very cautiously sneaking out of the door that was formerly closed at the right-hand side and desperately hoping that nobody hears them. Uh, It's a girl about, well, probably roughly about the boy's age that is being accosted in the other room. I kneel down and block the door. Slow down. Whoa, you're okay. Just safe now. Who are you? We just, look, me and my brother just want to go. We just want to get out of here. You can have what you want. We don't care. Just let us go. Simeon make his way to the door, like in, into the living room area, and stand there and call out Nadalia and then watch her reaction. Yeah, yeah, N- Nadalia. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, we're trying to bring back Nadalia, but that's done now. Like, we got, there's nothing left. I'm not Nadalia. No, 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 no. Nadalia's the one that Corvallo worshipped. We just want to get the hell out of here. Not happening. So what, you're, you're going to kill two kids? No. Like, what can we do? Like, what can we do? Like, what can we do? We're going to find a way to cure you. I happen to have some samples of lycanthropic blood, though I did happen to lose the actual incisors and original venom, but there is a chance that I could find a way to do it. You'll allow us. We'll turn you from were-jackals into were-rats. Now think about that. <laughs> like, I'm not sure that's she, helping you, Ladaz. She, 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 she rolls her eyes like, so what, like, here? You're going to, like, make this mystical potion here? No. We're going to take you to Candle Keep. 
Got us. You're going to kidnap us. That's better. No. We're well, what take... home do you have? We're going to take you to the people that can cure you. We don't want to be cured. We're not broken. Well, unfortunately, as lycanthropy is a catching magical curse and a disease, we can't just let you wander about into the wild regardless of your best intentions. So we would like you to come to Candlekeep with us without kidnapping you. But we do also have the option of turning you in as lycanthropes to this current city guard. I'd really prefer not to take that option. Uh, give me a persuasion check. Feeling a little uncomfortable by this, Alarai starts searching bodies. <laughs> on so, Corvalo's body, you will find a ring of keys with two keys on it. I have a one plus one is two. Oh, you rolled critical fail? I need a d6, please. Yes, Brockett tries hard, but he is not persuasive. He thinks he might be, but nah. Yeah. I, I I need you to uh, roll. I'm rolling it. D three. I got a three, sir. Okay. I got a six. So. Um, Money. Yeah, they're 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 not they're not buying it. Like we're not can going I, to candle keep with you. Can if I make an insight yep. check to about, what effect uh, to see whether they seem malicious? Like, do, do, obviously, um, this kid has kind of said, "Oh, you know, that was just their deal, and it's not my thing." Okay. Do I have any sense that that's true or that they're really giving up? Uh, sure. Give, give me uh, yeah. Inside check would be perfect. That is a 17. I mean, you get the feeling that they're being legit. They just want to, like, they're willing to abandon, like, their pack is dead. It's just them. They want to get the hell out and survive to live and do things another day. So does says to this kid, so where are you going to go? Where, where can you go from here? What's it matter? What do you care? You are part of a murder plot. And okay, the sir. information you have on Nadalia, even if it's secondary, will help those at Candle Keep know who's coming for them. Do you think there's any continued threat? Can I say to this kid? I said, do you think there's, is there anybody else out there? Look, says Cass in a loud ringing voice. Look at me. I was a little drogue kid, and they could have killed me, and they let me live. Exactly. Let me live. Let us go. But you... Well, we're not talking about killing them. Listen, you, you are under a curse. I'm a drogue. I don't have to be evil. You're under a curse. Let us remove the curse. You don't have to be evil either, but you have a curse that's different. You're just like, not going to let us say no, are you? Like this is no. Not, like, just, like you're you're asking, but you're not actually asking, are you? It would be not. It would be nicer if you complied. That is right. So it would be nicer if it'd be nicer if you didn't have to kidnap us. It'd be nicer if we just went with you. I get that. It'd be nicer for you. I I, I understand that. You're a nice. part of a murder plot. We can take you into custody. It's not kidnapping. It'd sure be nicer for me on. because I'd like to help you. I, I be able to help you the way I was helped. Illuvos is definitely questioning whether them remaining as jackals actually means that, obviously, in uh, this world, creatures can be inherently bad. From that insight check, do I gather that there's anything about them that's going to become inherently bad because they are, because they remain jackals? Uh, give me a nature check. My nature is terrible, but I'm giving it my best shot. Yep. Il Illidaz just has to try and be good. That's only a six. <laughs> because 
Kess oh, is passionately concerned much. by this question. Kess wants to do this nature check too. And that was a nat 20 plus two. Nice. In D&D 5, nothing is absolutely always evil, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And where jackals are evil creatures. So, you know, between the insight and knowing what you've what you've kind of pieced together about being were jackals, like they're absolutely fighting for their survival right now, and they just realize that they can't fight with survival with their swords and with their teeth anymore. Now they're trying to negotiate for their survival. Right. You absolutely you you guys are correct that you have them dead to rights right now. And they are desperately trying to negotiate their way out of it and not succeeding. I I think whether I can be clear on that or not. I think looking at, I don't, I definitely don't want to undermine Simeon in front of them because I don't want them to ever doubt his authority or have any, there be any clear sign that there's some disagreement from within the group. But I think there's definitely a thought in Illidaz's head of like, if these kids want to remain how they are and that's their decision. And we think that they're not going to be an inherent danger because they're, literally just trying to live as people then it's no real harm it's no real harm to us if they continue being the way they are because we've dismantled their establishment so how is illidaz expressing that because that's super <laughs> with, with right a now. confused face <laughs> okay <laughs> and 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 a, and a deep look of doubt and sorrow maybe clutching his amulet and going this is this is a complicated situation uh look if if you're if if the way that you need to sleep at night is to go ahead and put us in captivity because you feel like we have been in captivity by somebody else, then and there's nothing that we can do about that, then let's just get on with it. Do you want the books? Do you not want the books? Or, like, like, oh, we want the books. Let's, there's no there's no change in that. We're getting like, the books. Like all the soliloquies are just like, God, you're worse than teachers. Like this is awful. You know well, what? I think you're right. My name is Theron. And Sprout, oh, I'm sorry, Theron, I didn't mean to be rude, but you seem to be, honestly, a very rude young man, since we're trying to help you and you're kind of being a jackal. Uh, a jackal. Jackass? Jackal? How jackal, are you jackass. Help yeah. Me? That one over there wants so, to arrest me and take me to Candlekeep. You were clearly and gleefully involved already in an evil plot. You chose to become what you are. You are what you are to your core, so... And Sprout just strides straight to the door, throws it open, and calls for the city guard, unless somebody tackles uh, him. Alarai will, ta- will stop him. Uh, I'm going to say, Cass, we got to find the books before the city guard get here. I hand. They will take over this scene. They will take the books. We need to get what we we came here for. I think Alarai has maybe stopped him. If if Sprocket is giving the options. I'm going to stop him and I'm going to toss the keys that I found on the body at Simeon. And I'm going to say, look, guys, these guys can live perfectly well as they are and if you don't believe me she cringes just like i am and then her whole visage changes and she looks exactly like kess Kess is delighted grinning ear to ear and says i know that you've chosen to accept a curse and i know what that's going to do to you growing up i was born this way this isn't a curse no i'm talking to the I'm oh, not talking to I, you. I'm talking to okay. the two children. To your credit, though, Alorai, Sprocket is now fixated 100% on you, not paying attention to the boy at all anymore <laughs> and taking slow steps towards you while looking about and pulling out his notebook from his satchel. Simeon is is going to look for the books, I think. Um, Simeon, are you going to 
drag me out of this debate that I um, clearly can't abandon. I'm going to say we need to find the books before the guard get here. And so we're since, not uh, going to remain unnoticed for long. And what we don't have possession of, they're going to take possession. When I hear Simeon say something urgently, I, I leap to it. So I go and help Simeon. And as we're leaving this, I will say to the rest of the party, we can make whatever decision we want, but the boy made it clear. They chose this. That means they're part of this. And whether we like it or not, it is up to Candle Keep to decide their fate. And I say to, to the their rest credit, of you, neither of them did participate in the battle or attack anyone. I say to the children, I choose not to kill you. And I follow Simeon. Well, I'll we'll go off and start searching rooms to try to find this book or this secret location. Here, do you search? I'm going to search the room behind us first uh, to the north. Uh, except for one corner with two stacked wooden trunks, the walls in this room are lined with half-empty bookshelves. Okay. Uh, do, do investigation do, do, do. or perception? Uh, give me an investigation, please. Uh, I rolled nature by accident. Damn, that was a good roll. It's a 17. With my investigation, it would have been a 19. As you are investigating the room, uh, in the lower corner, the lower left-hand corner there, um, as you approach, it's like a trunk, um, as you approach it, uh, two eyes on the top of the trunk open, uh, and you hear in your head, feed me. Feed me time? Feed me time? Uh, throw it a book. It chomps, and so the 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 trunk opens with a gigantic mouth. Uh, having fought the last mission, you recognize a mimic when you see it, um, and it chomps on the book and chomp, 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 chomp. Feed me, and Simeon, this, you are hearing this in your head. Feed me, feed me. Damn, it's a good thing I didn't see you feed him a book. <laughs> um, oh. So, so Simeon Cass, I know you guys are investigating. What is everybody else doing? Are you? Will you let the two children leave, or are you going to hold them in this room? How How old are these kids specifically? Seventeen, eighteen. Oh, okay. Oh, so they're badly kids. Okay. Are you going to stop them? Because at this point, they are they are bored and ready to leave. Are you going to stop them? Bored. What does it matter if they're bored? <laughs> We're making an important decision. <laughs> Sprocket, as a side comment, while mostly focusing 100, uh, 90% on Alarai, circling her and making small notes and periodically asking, hmm, what are you? But not like he expects you to answer him yet because he's still just musing. In the end, I'm pretty easy. I do want y'all to realize, though, that if you let them go, we're kind of taking responsibility for the, for whether or not they one day de- they decide to leave here and immediately start a new pack and goes back to circling. I want to know what Anand thinks. He's been very quiet. The choice is theirs, what they decide to do. We let them go. After that, it's up to them. What they do beneath the great eye that watches day or night. The choice is theirs. We say leave. I'm gonna ask them one last question, and I'm and I'm happy to roll an insight check on this. Okay. I look at them both and just say, "Did you have any idea that what you were doing was resulting in people's deaths?" I want to join that because I also have another one last question. I mean, that's 
like a complicated question. Did we know that the books that people were buying weren't real books and were really carnivorous monsters? Yeah, we did. So, in some level, you had an idea that these people were eventually going, or at least somebody was going to be on the receiving end of these books. Well, no, does. My naive friend. Potentially. I mean, that's an admission of guilt. Ally, what's your question? Where are your parents? That's a good, that's a question that we don't want to get into. I appreciate you, like, trying to save us from, like, the greater evil, but uh, let's not go there. Our parents ain't nothing special. All right, you're going to let us go or not? Big Turtle says we can go. They admitted that they knew that people would be dying because of what they were doing. I, from a lawful perspective, that means that they knew what they were doing. Get them, Paladin, get them. Uh, well, Daz, I need a wisdom save from you. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's a 17. Oh, okay. uh, you tried me. So, uh, the, the boy in front of you locks eyes with you for just a second, and you kind of feel him, like, staring past you, uh, and then he realizes that you're not falling asleep. He kind of slinks back a little bit. Right. Um, let, us go, let us go or not but really the song and dance is over like come on like what are you gonna do just be thankful we haven't killed you sit down in that chair over there and shut the hell up until we're done yeah i think i think it's i think it's a and not we're not we're killing we're not killing these kids but it's over for them they're not they're not going away from here is what i'm inclined to say they admitted to being guilty. I was going to say really fast, Alari, as soon as Sprocket got those words out, which were kind of curt and kind of mean to kids, she will have swung her arm, which now that she's four foot tall and a drow means that her clothing is super huge on her. So she hits him across the face with her sleeve. <laughs> so, um, is that unarmed damage if you just hit him with your sleeve? <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. See me in cast. So I've got this thing. I'm convinced it can move. I'm gonna ask it. I'll feed you when you tell me where the this key goes. Feed me? Feed me. Key. Feed me? Feed me. Uh using perception, I'm gonna look where he is. Is he on something? Maybe a secret chamber yeah, or give me a give me a perception check. Come on with this. One. Yes, <laughs> is right there investigating with him. Can yep. she also roll? Uh, After he gets done his d6. Yes. I rolled a six. I also rolled a six. That's uh, poor for me. So the mimic attacks you. Uh, you so as you're trying to figure, you're, you're like investigating, trying to see what's what's underneath it. Um, you stumble. It attacks. Oh, but it it badly misses. It basically snaps at you, trying to eat your head. Um, but it it does not do very well. So, uh, I'm gonna stab it. I'm done with it. <laughs> right. Hit it. My first attack was a nine. You know what? It'll be fine. Basically, you stick your you stick your scimitar through it from the top, um, and you hear the jingle of coins below it, and then as you do that, you realize that there's also a second chest below the mimic, um, and you suspect that there's some money in there. So, um, okay. uh, eventually, as you search through here, you will find uh, in the far back room, there is a trap door underneath uh, the floor that will lead to a, uh, a room, uh, like a dugout uh, uh, 
horde room below, uh, and the keys that you found on Corvala uh, will unlock both of the chests in that room. Uh, the first chest contains a, a desiccated heart wrapped in black silk cloth resting on top of a uh, trove of 450 gold pieces. And then in the second chest, you find six books, including Mazfroth's Mighty Digressions, Fallen Tethamar, The Dark Hunger, Castanemir's Guide to King Watson's, Wanderings of a Humble Asimar, and The Daughters of Grazit. So the books that had been reported as faulty or damaging uh, find, are found in that inner chest beneath the hideout intact and as full books. This must be the heart of this medallion. So I'm going to kind of narrate through kind of the end here. So, um, so that's actually the end of the mystery mystery right there. Um, but obviously you guys have some loose ends here. So uh, you stay, have stated your intention to bring the children back to Candlekeep. Yes. How are you keeping them from running away in the middle of the night? I guess is the short answer. So Rocket would challenge whether or not we need to take them back to Candlekeep as they are not specifically our responsibility. And perhaps we should simply turn them over to the, ball, the guard at Baldur's Gate for their uh, crimes for selling false goods. Totally an option also. They killed being no, like anthropes. They killed no one here in Baldur's Gate. Their crime actually took place at Candlekeep. And Candlekeep has specific rules, laws, that judge those who attack the keep fall under their jurisdiction. Our best bet of having them incar- incarcerated is with Candlekeep. Here, at best, they're going to be vagabonds. They'll either be killed as monsters or let loose. Candlekeep, they'll actually stand some form of trial for their crimes. My friend, the stalwart one-directionedness of your thoughts has swayed me. Clearly, I will now refer to them as Left Wall 1 and Left Wall 2 as we head out for Candlekeep. What about the bounty that you found in the basement? What are you doing with the with the chest of books and the chest of other stuff? Significant uh, gold and a desiccated heart. I'm thinking we use the proceeds to pay for a carriage ride, pay for proper shackles and proper means of keeping them incarcerated. And that way we're not walking back and we can get back much faster and safer. Secondarily, I would say the proceeds remain ours to do as we see fit. And we'll let the city guard know we have cleared a den of jackals and not let them know about the kids. But does not the jurisdiction Candlekeep claims over the criminals also apply to the bounty? The ill-gotten gains from their affairs. Does not Candlekeep also lay claim to those if they do not claim the... I was going to suggest... We give them the books. I'm pretty sure we we get the gold. I disagree. I suggest that we must use the some of the money to hire the necessary carriages and, and um, equipment to get back. And then if we hmm. just give Candlekeep a full accounting, they'll, we'll they'll reimburse them that they should give us the bounty and see what happens. They did hire the consistency us. of human laws. Well, I would pretend or I would put forward that they already struck their deal. And we already made our bargain for what Candlekeep's price was. They made no claim in the contract regarding the spoils of 
whatever we happened to find, Candlekeep has no claim here. In they all fairness, they haven't, yeah, they haven't expressed any interest in what we would acquire on this. I mean, we could certainly discuss it with them in the interest of honor. But That's even as one who's looking following. interest into the into the college, I'm reasonably certain that from a logical and legal perspective, they don't have any claim over this, and we should divide it up amongst ourselves, minus whatever costs are involved in getting us back safely. I can agree by that. We'll mention it to them, tell them what was there, and see what is said. Tess goes out to hire a carriage. Okay. So of the 450 gold coins that uh, that you found in uh in the chest in the basement uh you need all but let's see there are what six of you um you need like 75 of it to go ahead and hire the carriage and get yourself back to Candlekeep. uh and so uh everyone here today gets 80 gold coins to themselves and we should take those books with us and sell them to Candlekeep if they don't have those volumes already Certainly an option. Um, okay, so the intention of the party is to go ahead and take the children and the books back to Candlekeep and split the money amongst yourselves. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Al or cool. I would like to study the faces of the people lying around, including the children. Yep. All right. <laughs> studying studying the werejackals. Mm-hmm. Makes so much more um, sense now. Corvallis' face Cass. is not quite intact, so... Did I get a good look at it beforehand? Oh, yeah. Kess um, is still grinning madly um, and planning to hang out with Alarai and ask her whatever she's willing to say about her own history. This is uh, backstory time as far as Kess is concerned because Kess also has a very complicated story for whatever Alarai actually feels willing to reveal. That's what carriage um, rides are for. <laughs> So one other thing that I wanted to ask before we kind of close it out here and then kind of talk about the mission, there is also the chest of the books that were at on sale at the at the vendor, which you have now correctly concluded were most likely fake. Do you do anything with that? They're gonna have to the the, the fake books are gonna have to be destroyed. They're just monsters. Specifically, we need to destroy them in such a way that we can collect all of the goo that they decompose into, so that so that I can continue to study it and. Um, I believe I'm onto something in terms of an antidote to many poisons with the the residue created from them. If we can find any evidence of the ritual used to create them, that would be fantastic as well. It's in the book. It would be difficult without without a lab, and it's Mm -hmm. unlikely that you would find a facility to do that here. Oh, we bring the books back whole, and I kill them later. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, chain chain them up so they can't get out. Um, Do we not need to feed the books? The children probably know how to feed the books. Exactly. Exactly. We still don't even really know what to feed them. Good call. How do we feed them? Wait, so not only are you going to kidnap us, but now you want us to help you? Also, we're barely kidnapping you. We're bringing you in for justice. That's just... You could say we're arresting you. To be honest, children, where we're taking you, depending upon how your trial goes... You may be able to get a lot of knowledge and learning regarding what you are and what you what this means and Our where you school. can. <laughs> I was gonna say like we're convincing teenagers by being like look look, look on the bright side you're gonna be able to learn okay Come on, kids it's a library what's not to like <laughs> you don't get to go to college we're gonna make you go to college <laughs> I'm gonna make sure the um, that that uh, 
I'm going to see if I can find that cop that put his hand on my chest and let him know what we did. And then say, I think it's time I let you know who I truly am. Simeon Peleus Wintermere. City Watch. Corman. Who? And that is the end of Candlekeep Field Trip Session 2, Mathsroth's Mighty Digressions. There is a postlude that was figured out after the game session formally ended. For one, our erstwhile party brought back two werejackals and presented them to the avowed of Candlekeep. When they first brought them in, they were assured that they would be treated humanely, welcomed inside, but that some investigation must occur to figure out the nature of who they are, what they were doing, and what information could be gleaned. As far as our adventurers, in exchange for their travels to resolve the book mystery, they were all promised a gift of a magical weapon from the Candlekeep. Anon, our turtle friend, was presented with a spear. As he navigated it with his hands, the shaft felt unusually cool to the touch, and the blade shimmers with an ice-like quality. It's a plus one spear of frost. Kess was presented with a set of leather bracers with a dragon etched into each one, and that dragon glows with a faint green-yellow radiance. When they put them on, they immediately felt lighter and were more agile. While she wears them, she gains plus five on any acrobatics checks, and on a DC 25 acrobatics check can vault over any opponent who is no more than one size category larger without provoking an attack of opportunity. Alari was presented with a cloak that they felt an immediate connection to, as if it was trying to become one with her. After she had attuned to it, she began to see small trails of smoke radiating away from her. They're not distracting, however, and if she focuses on one, she can be transported from where she is to the end of the, of the smoke trail, about 30 feet away. The cloak grants her the ability to cast Misty Step. It acquires attunement and can do it the number of times equal to her proficiency bonus per day. Illidaz was gifted a longsword that is incredibly light to wield, particularly in parrying and defensive postures. When he is using it, he can choose to either take a plus two to one of the following. To his to hit, to the damage, to his AC, or the AC of an ally within 10 feet of him. Sprocket gleefully tells you that he has been accepted into the program to learn more from the sages at Candlekeep. He will be accepted into the roles of the library to begin studying with other avowed and sages, and our friend Catalyst led him off into the library when he was ready to depart his friends. And finally, Simeon Peleus Wintermere was handed a letter. The avowed let him know that it had arrived at the library for him. The seal is unbroken and has the form of two intertwined capital ornate letters R and a sword with a dragon's head passing through the letters. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it and look forward to episode number three, The Book of the Raven. Thank you for joining us. This has been Tabletop Journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. You can join us at www.ttjourneys.com, where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see all the content that we publish beyond the podcast. And make sure you join our growing online community. 
You can follow us on Twitter at TT Journeys and join us on Facebook just by searching Tabletop Journeys there. You can also reach us by email at podcast at ttjourneys.com. And if you want to catch early access to our episodes and some of the other benefits we have coming down the pipeline, you can also support our production at patreon.com slash ttjourneys. If you're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, Audible, or any other podcast platform, we would really appreciate if you would like and subscribe to the podcast. Full episodes come out every week on Saturdays and every Wednesdays. We'll feature our SideQuest series where we talk about pretty much anything tabletop oriented. Thank you all so much for listening and for being a part of our growing community. And in the words of another traveler on our path, we bid you shade and sweet water.